0: Welcome along to Crunching Gears. Season three, episode two, part two of my conversation with Daniel McKenna. I'd like to start off this episode by thanking everyone very much. I'm overwhelmed by the number of downloads and views on our first part of the interview with Daniel. It's been mind blown, so once again, thank you all very, very much. In this episode, Daniel and myself, we look back at his time in the British Rally Championship, competing in an R2 Fiesta and then on a DS3 R3 Citroën. There's some fascinating stories mixed in there. And then going on then to compete in the Junior World Rally Championship, also in the DS3, um, his time in Monte Carlo. It's, it's a story that you just have to hear. And then after that, getting a bit fed up with rallying and sort of moving away from competing, but going over then and working with M Sport. And there's some wonderful tales there to be told. And then as we start to wrap up the story, some exciting news. So if you like this episode, can you please like and share across all social media platforms? And if you could subscribe to the channel, it's gratefully appreciated. So sit back once again and enjoy.
1: The proudest time and the, the seat of the rally here because that day and that hour and those minutes, I got the bit between my teeth. You know, I really stood up and was counted and said, this is not getting away. I remember when we pulled on our helmets and and Donald says to me, what are we doing? I said, we're going for gold, Barrett.
2: The first thing was, I had no navigator, so I contacted Arthur, but Arthur, I think, was at the time, he was driving still. He was sitting with uh, young Britain in the Irish Forestry Championship. Oh, he, was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, was, he says, "I haven't got time to commit to it. I can't do it, Daniel I'm sorry." He suggested then Connor Foley. So around Connor, a Connor, I think maybe he was he starting to sit along with Donna? Then he'd already committed to Donna to do the <laughs> yeah. championship or whatever. He couldn't do it. Uh, Stephen Hagen then Stephen had, had Stephen navigated for me at that stage. Well, me and Stephen were doing night navigations at the same time all yeah. time. So I uh-huh. asked uh, Stephen, "He do it?" And I know for some reason he couldn't do it either. Uh, so I was really stumped Like coming around Christmas time Had no navigator I was trying to get The whole co-drive for me Thing off the ground To yeah. try and raise the money And uh, The only thing I had in my back pocket Was the first round Of the BRC Wasn't until April That okay. year mm-hmm. uh, For some reason I changed around the calendar And there's a gap For the first season I still had to get a car And everything uh. organized Like it was, So this is when I sort of say You nearly had to be Semi-professional Like you know Because I was lucky that I was working for my father Because he gave me the time To go and do these things mm-hmm. But anyways I ended up having to start going around. I went back to Arthur again. I said, Jesus Christ, this has proven really difficult. Like there's there's not too many men that can probably work with me. I'm not the easiest man to work with. And then he knew because he had sat with me. So I, I talked him into it, basically. I talked him into it <laughs> and, and he and he said he would then. Um, and then we ended up buying Ali Fisher's or two car, went up to Ivan Fisher's house, done the deal, bought the car, went to do five mile town, something happened in the car, and uh, not not a great start. To this campaign, hey, but in the meantime, actually,
0: at one stage. One
2: stage it was a shocking time. John Armstrong absolutely cleaned us like you know. Uh-huh. Uh, John was sure, you know with John's off yeah. exploits now, but John was only seventeen or eighteen at the time. But he absolutely cleaned us like, and I was uh-huh. devastated. Like Jesus uh-huh. Christ, I can't if, if, if you can't do it, you know, in Fable Town, what's the hopes of me doing it in the Perale Rally? But mm-hmm. anyways um, at the meantime, in the mean, while well, all this is going on, I was selling tickets, so. Again, we'll go back to the rally fraternity, the guys had uh, got behind me, and I had basically got at least one man and you in every county, or if it wasn't maybe a rally man, it was a, a lorry man or something, like, you uh-huh. know, in every county in the country, and they maybe took 20-odd tickets, and then some them ring for more, and some them say I've got a few of them sold for you, all right. And I went to every event from, basically, from Christmas 2012, right up until March 20. I'd done 16 weekends in a row, so I did, uh-huh. selling tickets, uh, whilst also trying to organise the whole thing myself, the logistics uh-huh. and everything else, and getting the car organized. So basically doing a full strip and rebuild of the car and uh-huh. got the car back to zero kilometer and Bobby was looking after a lot of it. And um, uh, yeah, and then I still had to get me Now, I must tell you, there was, I remember you are asking me about the story. Uh-huh. So even though, even though I was nominated for the Billy Coleman Award, this is the way my brain works. This uh, I'm a bit of an a bit of, I don't know what's wrong with me. I started like, so I don't, I, we must have got nominated for the Billy Coleman after winning Manna, and So it was early enough in the year. Uh-huh. But anyways, in my head then, I was like, well, just in case, I'll start preparing. So, like, for the rest of that year, even when we were doing Donegal, I sat on my left hand anywhere I drove. <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe this. I actually, I said it one day by accident, and Derek Mackerel was there, and Derek obviously is going really well lately, and he's done a few left-hand drive runs, and he was doing the same thing. When mm-hmm. I said it, uh-huh. I said, oh, geez, what are people going to think now? And then Derek said, oh, he's done that as well, because you're going around in right-hand drive cars. Yes, But that's the way my brain worked. I uh-huh. was thinking, like, just in case I win the thing oh, and we get a chance. Yeah, I, want and, I want to try and I want to try oh sorry, I sat in my right hand. What am I on about? Oh, I sat in my right hand um, so I build the muscle up. Yeah. Try and get the muscles built up my left arm. Because that's where I struggle. I had no feeling. Uh, when I drove the Evo that time, if you went into a panic, you're coming down. The next thing you're going for the door handle rather than the gear lever, you know, I sort of <laughs> you're like trying to handbrake the door handle off the <laughs> I swear to God. Like a few times you're like, oh geez, you have to think about it. Yes. So I was trying to get my left hand trained up to you know uh-huh. to, 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 do, to have yeah. the same feeling to have yes. the feeling because it's obviously going to be your predominant hand on the steering wheel. Yeah. So this was going on for six months before that. There, like even though it oh. I had more or less, I suppose just, it's just a dreamer it. yeah. yeah it's just a dreamer like you know, just in case. So that goes on. And, yeah. it, and I said it one day, and Derek, Derek Michael, thankfully, <laughs> had a similar had a similar experience and was delighted because that's the way I suppose you have to think. You can't. Yes. You, uh-huh. you're, not that I'm a total optimist, I'd be more of a realist if slightly oh, but, more of a but still, uh, pessimist, know, but you, you have to not
0: continue your mm. you know, that process yet. I don't
2: even look at him. I'm aware time is rattling on here, but oh, i done no. the uh started in the BRC and at the time I ended up paying the left hand right focus off Barry Clark because I knew it was a good car uh-huh. and, uh, Bought part of him in Scotland. And I still wasn't 100 percent comfortable with the uh, with the with the left-hand drive. So we've done the prelly rally. I mean, that's and the Ricky, and everything was going well, everything's going to plan. And then we weren't fast or sort of thing by any stretch of imagination. Them kill their stages over there and are uh, they're hard. Like they're, they're you need to be there a few times to get used to them. Like, and mm-hmm. we this is our first time. And they're very, very fast and they're open and there's no markers on the road. And and it's very dangerous, like if you put, if you're off the road by a foot, you're, they call a killer killer for, yeah, a, reason. for a reason, you're no into reason. the drain and you're into a bar roll and then you're out of it, like it's, mm-hmm. they're, they're tough tough stages, so I it was steady steady, slow and steady at the start, and then on the third stage, there's a rock that I had missed in the recce clipped it, burst the wheel instantly mm, can't remember if we stopped and changed, but it was a long stage it and carried on to the end, Drop. I sort of out of contention then, this is only on the two day rally, done the Friday, and then but at that stage then I was sort of starting to get a feel for it. I think we were certainly like top two times then. Your boy Steve mm-hmm. Roblin was there and he was our main competition that year and a okay. couple other guys, North a Fiestas, and Chris Ingram and a few of these guys were there and twingos mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh sorry, it was a twingo actually, an r two twingo. We were using the trelli star driver shooter. not <laughs> not a Swift. Anyways. Anyways, we Yeah. And um what was I saying there? Yeah, yeah. but the we came, we came. so me and Arthur couldn't figure out where I clipped the rock. You know, when you go back into the service, was tight enough mm-hmm. for time, and we're trying to find out where the, where I clipped this rock because it wouldn't sure. And sure, you couldn't have done it any better. I must have clipped the exact same rock <laughs> in the exact same place. So two punctures on the same rock okay, in two different stages. Jeez,
0: unbelievable. And you can imagine
2: I was fit to be tied. Yes. And I don't know, we we're sitting fifth or something, anyways, overnight and two punctures, the whole thing was a disaster, I said, this is some start to the whole thing, but anyways, the Saturday was the main day then, I think there was 10 stages, and started into, got into a good rhythm anyways, and pulled, go back up the third overall, I think John was sitting blistering times, but maybe mm. did he clip a bridge or something, or he ended up being out, right. a, few, a few boys went out, and then, so Rockland won it, as he had done the rally the year before, he was living in the UK, he was the Fiesta Sporting Trophy winner from Norway, Okay. Uh, and he actually got a stint in M Sport, and you get a s- semi work drive in yeah. or an or two in the oh, yeah, with and M Sport in the, the BRC. Team. So he was doing that with his own yes. car. Like I don't know what what arrangement they had, but it was subsidised yes. somehow or another. And he, okay. he also done a twelve month stint in M Sport. You know, right. you know, yeah. Craig Breen done it, and a few of these guys done it mm-hmm. to, um, uh, for one of the Fiesta Sport and Trophy. You know, just. To, yes. uh, for uh, mechanical knowledge you know yeah uh-huh. should, should be a good experience for anybody but Absolutely. anyways yeah. so in the next round then was what the Jim Clark and Travis was back on tarmac oh. so
1: mm-hmm.
2: I had never done the Jim Clark before but anyways good run anyways yeah so Rockland probably wasn't as comfortable on tarmac but like we were racing the next John and a couple of them English guys were, were pretty pretty good like pretty mm-hmm. quick you know um Absolutely. You know, it was it wasn't. It was tough competition. Like there's no doubt about. It. Like you're driving driving harder than everybody. You had to drive, and, and yes, in door it. too. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then getting your head around front wheel drive and everything else. And uh, you're just on the door handle. Like it was mm-hmm. it was really really tough going. Like and you know, it was you had to take it so seriously, professional. At this stage, obviously, I had got into the fitness and lost a slap of weight and mm-hmm. took You know, I knew what had to be done. To be looked at Because you know, the probably Star driver guys Had told me Like you know This is what needs you know, yeah, you the, This is
0: about You need to You know
2: You had five judges Like you know You had Phil Mills mm-hmm. And you had uh, There was a Finnish guy Over uh, Not Lassie Lampy. Lassie Lampi is the guy Who does the uh, He controls You know He not controls But he's like the yeah.
1: he's He runs the all the finish guys. drivers uh, Yeah Yeah mm-hmm. Like
2: he's Robin I think, Like, I think he had retired But he came back Out of retirement For Robin Perry You can see mm-hmm. why now But mm-hmm. anyway,s. It mightn't have been him, but some of his associates you know, connected with Prelly, he was one of the judges in all these guys. <coughs> they could see they had the raw talent, but what they told me that day was it's just too raw.
1: And right.
2: obviously be fitness level, so got mm-hmm. fairly good constructive criticism and took it on board. Come yes. back then, what I was thinking was more refined, obviously, Billy Coleman Awards. giving mm-hmm. it a good goal, but the whole end goal was to get nominated for the shootout. If you get to mm-hmm. the shootout, then you have a chance. And anything else after that was a bonus. And then yes. you had the Fiesta Sporting Trophy, but there was money for that, and then if you won your class, you get X amount of tires. So everything was everything was sort of yeah. it was good incentives there for doing mm-hmm. all these things. Won the Jim Clark. What was next then? The Scottish Rally.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Again, Scottish Rally is a tough rally. Uh, it's like slate rock on it, and play. Everyone was plagued with punctures, but anyways, we kept it steady, I think we had bent the back axle. the a back axle in the car, and stuff. everyone had problems, but we won there. What was next after that? Ulster know? then,
0: wasn't it? Was it Ulster?
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the Ulster. We're having we issues with the car as well the engine that there's no um I can't remember what it's called on the four engine but it's like a VTEC system with their engines. Okay. Anyways, you know, where the there's a oh, wee cam lift, there's a yeah. lifter on the cam, you know. EcoBoost, is that kind of
0: thing? Is it yeah, thing?
2: yeah, they call it something else. Anyways, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. what the, the engines an EcoBoost engine. But anyways, there's something wrong. There's we um variable valve timing, and is that something? There's somehow okay. we control you, and anyway, started giving us bother. We we're down on power the whole whole Friday before we diagnosed <laughs> the problem, and we got them in. But John was John was way ahead. I think John's setting. The boys were in the DS3s the time, you know, Cave mm-hmm. and Price and Cronin were probably still doing it. And these guys, um, and like, you know, they were obviously in a different pace. But, like, John Armstrong was matching and beating some of these guys. Obviously, mm-hmm. he was local stages and what have you. But but anyways, John then put the car off the road or first or second stage on Sunday morning. We'd fought back up the second and then got ahead of Rockland because, you know, we just had the tarmac pace and stuff and then mm-hmm. winning the winning the Jim Clark. So then we were back in the lead of the
0: championship. And then what was next? Then you had the track road, the, then was it? Yeah, uh, the track road, the Manx, the, the Manx first, and then the track road, was all the way around. Tell no, don't, don't, we didn't do the no. Manx that year. No, I think I track road, I think it's right. So,
2: track road, but we had done that in 2010, it was the same stages, so I had a good knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. So, we're flying on track road, like uh, beat, beat Rockland sort of fair and square, you know, at his own game, because mm-hmm. they were real fast stages, like where the Scandinavian drivers really suited their style. Yeah, okay. We actually beat them fair and square. So, to me, at that point, I was thinking. I have to be starting to show these guys, you know, that I'm not, it's not just luck that we're winning. We won four rounds on the bounce and then we went mm-hmm. to the Sunseeker. Then, and all we had to do was like finish, I don't know what it was in the top three or something, as long as okay. or, or X if, if, if Rockland won and we finished fourth, we won the championship. Mm-hmm. So, you're winning the R2, there's the, the, the R2 British Championship, then you're the first sporting trophy. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we already had the nomination in the bag from the Jim Clark, I think. So, okay. well, a lot of the boxes were ticked at that stage, but anyways, yeah. Typical me, I went around with a nearly a full spares pack in the back of the car, like with two mm-hmm. drive shafts, cable tight in the car, and everything. You know, you wouldn't believe the amount of stuff in the car. Uh-huh. And we still managed to set some faster times. Like you know, that's what I remember. something This the came over and the seen the amount of stuff they were carrying. And then uh, was you by Alex Papata's like, you know, and he's a good driver, uh-huh. and he was good, he was good crack. And you've Ingram, and these guys standing uh-huh. around, and then the seen the amount of spares we were taking, and we were after setting the fastest time. Like an Ingram or Papata just says. You're only playing with a stand, you know, like a typical English accent. You're only yeah. playing with a stand, right? <laughs> I was like, What do you mean? you're just still sitting fast at times and all this, and you're a guy in half the car, another half car around like, Oh, but anyways, the probably started driver shootout was the Tuesday after the Sunseeker. Uh-huh. So we'd won, we'd won everything, we'd won the all the champions to mention, and then, yes. then the thing switched in. Was like, Right. And this, at this time, then you had to bring your own car because probably, I think. We were sort of sick of what was happening. in pretty started everything. Spiders are wrecking cars. Oh, yes, I <laughs> remember. <room. I'm getting laughs> <the> Jokes <laughs> are getting rode off. Like, uh-huh. they're having to bring, like, Texport was having to bring two or three Subarus, <laughs> and Davy Greer was having to bring two or three DS3s whenever uh-huh. that was, and the Twingos yeah. were getting wrecked, and it was just costing too much money. So Pratt said, Right, you bring your own cars and see what <laughs> you, you them do. Them. <laughs> So you had a nominee from each rally, and then it was uh, a wild card. So literally, it was the same whole gr- whole group of guys I was competing against the whole, mm-hmm. the whole year. The whole R two guys uh, all got nominated. Um, but anyways, uh, look at we ended up we, we got a guys uh, Dave Roberts. Then was we got to know him mm-hmm. and uh, wasn't that far from Sweet Lamb. And a friend of his gave us his garage. So on the Sunday, we reprepped the whole car. Like basically went from carrying every spare in place to like you're nearly like mm-hmm. like they weren't gonna they weren't gonna scrutinize the cars, they weren't gonna weigh them. So like we started to like light them yeah. the car, but all the rest of them were at it as well. Mm-hmm. I don't Think they weren't. Yes. And uh landed up to Sweet Lamb anyways. And same thing again. Did we do a fitness thing that time, did we? We might have done a fitness thing in the hotel, actually. We're staying in in um wherever the place was where we're staying at. Can't mm-hmm. name the uh Aberystwyth is that where the the nearest town. Right. We do something in the hotel. I think we've done a fitness test in the hotel, maybe the night
1: before.
2: Uh-huh. done something anyways. Or a doctor. We've done, uh, what, I'll okay. tell you what we done. We've done the thing where you, you, you see the cyclists doing it there, where you do your, your VO2 max. You've done a VO2 max test oh, or something Oh, yes, like that, yeah, yes. I and think then see. that it's test. Longer, sort of, yeah, world, so we've cool. done that the night before. And then there's a big dinner thing. And then the, the competition started properly then on the, on the Wednesday morning, must have been. uh uh-huh. So same thing again, it was the pace note challenge, uh, doing the pace notes, yeah. then you'd done an interview, then you had to do a questionnaire on your whole technical ability, you know, but you're know, asking a technical question with the car and right. the tyre pressures, how to set a car up, what do you adjust to, you know, proper questions. Okay. Like this is like maybe being set up by Phil Mills and Chris Patterson and yes. Nicky Grist and these guys. Like, um, then they came to the driving element. So there was, uh, I can't remember what the length of the stages were, but you done two runs in one stage and two runs in another stage, maybe four or five mile each. And uh, now they don't tell you the times, but okay. I heard back afterwards that we're a good bit quicker than everybody else. I was just fired up for it. Like, I was right. in a different zone that day. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why uh, for that in two days. Like, and uh, I would I actually heard back afterwards. So, James Aldridge, a guy in M Sport that I walked along with, he sat with Rockland that year uh-huh. and he had been talking to someone about the time. But, like, Rock, so Rockland was the main competition. Like, if you could, if you're able to match or beat Rockland, you had a good chance. Uh-huh. And, like, uh, we had done we done well like you know we I mean Arthur put a lot of effort into it and and Bobby and Fintan and Damien and my father and everything was there and like it was sort of airs it was airs to throw away sort of thing but like there's nobody the way I was looking at nobody's taking this off me like I put in this much effort and everything else yeah. and that's the way I am like you know I'm ruthless mm-hmm. enough that way and sure enough we won it then so that was a massive deal like to me that mm-hmm. was like you know one of the biggest goals ever set and got it yeah. and with the prelly backing like you know you're talking yes. about Talking about come to that level you mm. wanted to
0: go to, didn't it? Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, on the stepping stone, like they say, mm-hmm. you had to set the five-year plan. Like just doing the R two championship for the, even in Motorsport Ireland, that, that's not really a career aspiration. Like you know, I was saying like mm-hmm. R two win the British Championship, then the DS three. Mm-hmm. it was all it was sort of mapped out. There was the whole thing sort of fell in place, and in mm-hmm. with the R two, R three, or Mm-hmm. Or 5 system you know and yes. you know if the plan had to work perfectly i could be sitting here now as a fully paid works driver but <laughs> <laughs> anyways it didn't quite go that way yeah. but anyways i suppose the time is i know time's getting on jesus christ but mm-hmm. uh so anyways yeah british championship then with prelly
1: mm-hmm.
2: um so this is when it went to a different level again because like you're literally like you're literally like a professional driver like you know even though you're not you're still an amateur really. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more pressure on you then so first thing was you had to go and get media training so I remember we had to go down uh, meet with Mark James so Christopher Patterson ended up being my mentor
0: because uh,
2: okay. he was associated with Prelly at the time so Christopher mm-hmm. was Chris Patterson was a massive help to us at that time because like, obviously he's from the island he knows the crack mm-hmm. uh, and he had the experience, like he was still sitting with your man, uh, see, the Caled Al Qasimi or whatever, yes. you know, uh-huh. whatever, I, you know I, in the I, I, So he's still a prof- he was a full time professional driver, and this is what he's doing mm-hmm. mentoring himself and Arthur. And obviously, David Greer was involved and everything else. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, a lot of things were in our favor in terms of, you know, we had a team from the island that was
1: going mm-hmm. mm-hmm. over to try and take on the championship, yes. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and I just stuck up a good relationship with Matthew Corby right from the off. Uh, even that whole year, twenty thirteen, he just liked the way we done our went about our business. They could come over as underdogs, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not once absolutely, but you know, dominated that championship, and we're like the we won the like we were the standout uh, standard winners right. on the shootout right thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and yep. mm-hmm. we turned turned a lot of heads. Like you know, we're sick a second a lot of boxes At that stage. I, you know, I, was, I could talk. I was very intelligent. I uh, knew mechanical side and I could drive, and, uh-huh. lot of, and I looked after me fitness as well. So mm. I was taking a lot of boxes for them. Like you know, they were mm-hmm. probably seeing something that could maybe we could work with something here. Yes. Um. So, anyways, yeah, we done. End up doing the deal with David going to the Circuit of Ireland, and with Matty Corby. Then also, oh, I sorry, I should say one thing that was stands out. We went over to uh, Didcot. Which is the over in the south of England somewhere where they make the Formula One tyres? So oh, uh-huh. yes. So we were in that factory there. That's something else, like an absolutely huge facility where they make the tyres. Uh-huh. But the thing that stands out in my mind, you know, the Max Verstappen thing where he was up the ski slope with the spiked tyres oh, and the yeah. One? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, they had just made them tyres,
1: uh-huh.
2: and, and your man was showing me these, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" And like these like studded F1 tyres, and your uh-huh. man's like, "Oh, we're doing this project, Red Bull. It's going to be amazing, uh-huh. and all this here." And she's so like. Probably one of the, you know, I don't know. Mm. This, yeah, like it's like his iconic
1: was, things, isn't it? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, You know, but this guy was the head of everything. Like, you know, he was, this guy was running the, he looking after the, the guy who was basically signing the checks for our campaign. He was okay. organizing the car, uh, all the trucks that went to the F1 races all around Europe, all the long haul events. He was, he's in control of like Pirelli Motorsport UK. Mm. And they also had the event. They also won the contract for the F1. Like mm. this by Matthew Corby mm-hmm. was serious concern. Like, you know. Mm. But, anyways, the first we done the circuit of Birmingham and Arthur, and a really, really good run. Uh Yuka Carlin was there. He was the reigning British champion,
1: mm-hmm. and we
2: we beat him quite well. We didn't beat him quite convincingly, and then he ended up actually putting the car off first time ever in the car. Mm-hmm. And uh so that was a good omen to start with. And that was um, of the
0: ERC that year too. So you. Don't that was these, the ERC, yeah. All these young guns over from Europe and all too. Yeah, too, so. I'll
2: never forget it. Actually, the second day, Lappy was winning in the S two thousand. Mm-hmm. But there was reverse seating for the top guys, the ERC one drivers, and we yes. were the top 10 of We were winning, so we actually ran behind a uh, lappy for the whole day. So it's good, actually, it's actually good crack mm-hmm. with him, like, but it's just unreal. This is like the reigning European champion, soon to be uh-huh. uh, the next you know, WRC fun, star, the, the, the WRC. next WRC two champion, and mm-hmm. on to you know, obviously win Rally Finland. Oh, he's not well, he's the like this year now, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember just watching them guys at the start the stage. He had this whole thing where he done a thing with his hands. You probably see it. But I also remember there's a real long stage. You had the tour head stage and all, but there's a long stage like a 25 miler. And I never forget. You're just learn all the time. But the, these wee uh, canisters it was 60. What it was was 4 psi of air. So what they did was uh, because it was the long stage, they let more t- uh, tire pressure out of the tire because on the length of the stage, the tire would overinflate with the heat. Okay. So let me see. What did they do it then? So they let the air out of the tire, right, at the start yeah. of the 25 mile stage, yeah. done the stage, but in the time the tires you know um readjusted back to the the tires only sitting like a 20 PSA for back to like a normal state. so oh, then you right. had to replenish it so the DV bottles you see the, you don't know, you have them on bicycle repair kits right was right? like Jesus Christ like no, it was such a simple idea uh-huh. and like but that's the difference you know you're seeing the works teams and actually that's, the, uh, that's their
0: mindset and that was like f-
2: basically carrying 4 PSA tyre pressure with uh-huh. them and just like, totally legal there's not, nothing illegal about it all. Uh-huh. and then I discovered then when I went to M Sport sure, that's the norm they've been doing it for 20 odd years <laughs> and like I was blown away by if we bottle like, and <laughs> since that now when the outside Cycling, like you use them to repair your punctures. If you got a puncture out in the road, uh-huh. you, would, you wouldn't be going at it now with a bicycle no. up, anymore. you get one of those higher uh-huh. up immediately. Like, so uh-huh. it's just, yeah. So, but I remember them using that, and I was just fixated. But I, said, well, I tried, couldn't get to the bottom of it, and then I asked them, like, and I said, uh-huh. What the hell are you acting like? And they told me the correct, like,
0: it's just amazing just that I just thought that you know, that mm. level at the you know, this is where you need yeah. to be.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, that was it, it was an uh-huh. eye opener, but anyways, yeah. And so was then, back to the BRC then yeah. So we went to mm-hmm. Yeah we were supposed to do Bulldog rally But it got cancelled For some reason yeah. so, the, so The way Corby looked at it was Matthew Corby looked at it was The money that we're saving there Means you can put more money Into you for your testing programme And stuff like that there You know It's just money mm-hmm. uh-huh. Again monies are cost Quite a lot of money Them yeah. rallies are cost Quite a lot of money Anyway so we've done uh, Done the Pirelli But Them DS3s are notoriously difficult Citrons in general Are notoriously difficult To get set up Especially on gravel Um. And we had done tests, and I was happy enough with the car. But he was went to the Pirelli, and Price was, you know, he was the hot shoe there at the time. He mm. had won the last couple of rounds the year before. I think Cornan only just pipped him and Cave and maybe Cronin to the post mm-hmm. that year. Yeah, Corner win it in 2014 in the finish up. I can't so, remember yeah. now.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Corner was quick, anyways. But it, um, oh, Price absolutely blitzed us. Blitzed mm-hmm. us. We are still second. Like we're still. You Know able to keep in front of the other, you know, guys, um, you know, the other guys in DS3s and the R2 guys, like, you know, mm-hmm. we're still uh, the best of the rest as world, but he absolutely blitzed us, like, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't see the road. Again. I started, eventually, started like playing around with the damper stuff, got the car, you know, I was able to match him towards the end of the rally, but it was the same as usual, he was backing off for really. like he was starting to get into the New flow.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, anyways, the Jim Clark was the next one, and sir, so, uh, you know, we we're starting to learn the rallies at the stage, but uh, but a real good run, the Jim Clark, like, we we're tit for that. Um right from the very start. There was only a handful of seconds. Mm-hmm. And we started actually gaining a bit of an advantage. And uh yeah. I know that Abbey St. Baton stage and you know the one through the crossroads, the Oh yes Geez, uh-huh. like iconic stages like um uh-huh. And, like, you know, we were going that hard. Like, you're taking that... Oh, we were taking all that stuff flat out. Eh? Flat, like, you know, over the big jump and through the crossroads. It was scary enough sort of stuff. And then you go over that next crest. You see some of the guys breaking before it. Like, but there's right, there's actually a right bit of distance. You know, when you go through that cross? Uh-huh. See crest, you see back, guys huh? breaking and lifting that there. But you actually take that flat uh-huh. and there's 100 metres afterwards before you come to the left-hander. But anyways, mm-hmm. taking that stuff flat, like, you know, it was it was like balls to the wall stuff like you know and it was some feeling like because like the car was working unreal you know that was when me and Cairns realised that you know if you have one of these cars properly set up and you went to the Lakes Donegal over the course of a Donegal weekend you know it'd be a homologated car there's no Mm -hmm. reason why you couldn't that's another thing I must say like we done that uh, we done the circuit that time first time out in the car and the Mm -hmm. milkman not that he he still is flying I'm sure Mm -hmm. he was flying the time he had the class 13 car yeah and over the course of the weekend, um we end up. I think we're eighteen seconds ahead of him, you know. And yeah. I was trying to gauge the pace, but like his pace at the time was like the top national car. He won mm-hmm. the national that day, and he, yeah. uh, you know, he was flying. Aye. And we were eighteen seconds quicker on him over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like. Where would that put you know, and I don't know where we were overall, you know, but it was some, some yeah. result. Me and Karen were sort of trying to judge where would you be in the next on the goal, but, you uh-huh. know, with attrition and everything else, you probably have a top five international finish in the DS3 if they're uh-huh. in the right hands, you know. Yes, um, but anyways, that's I'm getting away from the point again. Uh-huh. Went to the Jim Clark, ended up being a uh, bad accident that time. The rally was cut short, but it was only like two stages to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but we won the rally. Um, next rally was Scotland. And at this stage, I had figured out that we're on the wrong springs in the car, in the okay. rear of the car, where you had, like, there was five or six different options of springs. I went mm-hmm. for a set software. We were testing up in Seamus O'Connell's one day, checked these springs out, and transformed the car. So now I knew I had to pay some gravel. Went mm-hmm. to Scottish Rally, and I think to prices probably... Uh, dismay, we were actually beating them, you know, oh, coming from where we were at. Uh-huh. And oh, he thought he
0: had the measure of being gravel, probably.
2: Probably, yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't give him too much away. Not that he's given too much away, yeah. but I knew that we were sort of struggling with the car and we could get it sorted, which we did. Mm-hmm. And then we were, yeah, look at he was still fast. he was probably faster than us in some of the days. But, anyways, he got developed some sort of a gearbox problem he had to pull out, but I think we were ahead of him at the time, anyways. Okay. We ended up winning the Scottish Rally, and the Scottish Rally to me was very special because. For whatever reason, we were the, seated like one or two in the road, so it, it's not as if I think you had bogey and these guys doing the rally and WRCs and stuff. But of
0: course, yeah. uh-huh.
2: some of them had dropped out of the rally, and we were not such we were in such a pace. We were actually faster than a lot of the regular Scottish Championship game. So We actually won not only did we won the WRC, we won the rally overall. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we were handed the trophy, and on that trophy, like you have like. First of all, you've Colin McRae, you've Alice Murray, you've Jimmy McRae, Richard Burns, Harry Vatton, and you know Mickela, Marco Allen, all of the legends of the sport. Who's who? uh, uh Yeah, From back in the seventies, you know Ah, Roger Clark, all these guys, Mm -hmm. and their names on that trophy now. Yeah, Yeah. Twenty fourteen, like. I know mm-hmm. did. see the championship was a bit was a bit of a damp squid because there was only really the two of us racing. There was the other guys there, but on, on honestly, it was a two-horse race. Mm-hmm. And the R2 championship has sort of dwindled out and they're running this R1 thing. And at the time, then the news came through that the that was going to be the last year at the two-wheel drive format. They're going okay. to change the R5. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Mark Taylor and the people who were helping him out, their their tenure was finished. And the man Scunner mm-hmm. Campbell, what do you call him? Ian Campbell was taking oh, over then, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing sort of dwindled out a wee bit, but, but it didn't really matter to me in price because we knew that there was a British title on the line mm-hmm. and it was it meant the same to us no matter. Once, like, I, like as long as you have one person in the race, there's a competition. Like, you that's know.
0: It, it's, it's going to be a battle, I, if you yeah. somebody, Like if some It's honors so state at uh, that stage, isn't
2: it? So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so the way it was working out then, there wasn't much between us. went to the Ulster rally then. And then, unfortunately, there was that, uh, we lost to me at that rally. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, there's quite a lot of tragedy that year. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah. so that rally was cut short. And I think at the time, I don't know what I don't know what was maybe a half point were given or something.
1: Right. Yeah. But I
2: think uh, we had a problem. There's only two stages. that was the third stage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think we were fast in the fourth stage. Price was fast in the second. I don't know. I think I don't know. I don't know what happened. I can't remember right. to be honest no. with you no. because that wasn't the most important thing at that time. No. But, anyways, we were given half points. I ended up going in the, the Isle of Man Rally, mm-hmm. which was a three-day event. It started on the Thursday. Well, to me, it was a three-day event. It started on the Thursday afternoon, mm-hmm. all day Friday, all day Saturday. So what mm-hmm. they did was split it because they lost the Bulldog Rally at the start of the year to split it into a double header,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, the last round was double points. But whatever way the championship was, as long as we stayed um if we st- I can't remember what. The, I can't remember. The I think I the, used to finish
0: behind. Ocean, yeah, it didn't. It didn't matter if he won. I just were second. Yeah, so I think. I think was, yeah, uh, if he
2: if he won the second last round and we were second, well then, uh, I think no. I think we're still uh, down that close uh, of the wire. I we would have whatever. to beat. We would beat him in the last round. But yeah. if we beat him on the second last round, and we we could end up finishing. We could finish three places behind him and still win uh, the championship.
0: Was, uh, yeah, something. Yeah, my name we
2: started out and. Thursday night so that year also i done a deal with Matthew Corby of bringing out these new Pirelli Star Tires which a lot of the guys use now but he was trying to develop them and he asked us to do a few rallies in the escort in Ireland to try and promote them so we done mm-hmm. I think we are done Midlands and we done Monaghan and we ended up doing the Manx National to try and learn the roads yeah, over there because we have never been on the Ilman so that was a good event as well and we done Donegal mm-hmm. again leading the National Donegal but uh I think the sec- first stage on the s- Sunday morning was ourselves in Phillips again battling yeah. back to the good old days. Uh-huh. And uh, I had the paddle shift at the time but uh, I was downshifting on Glenn from fifth down to fourth and uh, heavy braking and the wheels are dragging She so broke a wee roll pin on the selector barrel. It meant that the, the car could go into any gear could even go into reversion. If you go into right. reversion a sequential box you wreck everything. Yeah. So couldn't chance, like, uh, no. we eventually got the car in the third gear and he caught and passed us and crawled out, but like, you couldn't risk a 10 grand box, like, you yeah. know, so mm-hmm. we ended up pulling out the rally and there was nothing, you know, he, had, he was away and said he that stage, he was, mm-hmm. he, took, he was 30 seconds ahead of us, we were leaving at that time, but he caught yeah. and passed us and so he took 40 50 seconds or so, he, it was his to lose at that stage, so
1: mm-hmm.
2: ended up pulling out, plus the Jim Clark was the following weekend, so we had other things to focus on, right. but anyways, so back to the story anyways, started out then, and the and, and them and them English, and them English rallies are not English rallies, but the BRC they use these loop stages. You don't see them anywhere else. They do it in the Jim Clark and they do it in the Banks.
0: Uh-huh. They don't know they you do one year, you merge, yeah, don't you do? A yeah, merge. merge yeah, I like wouldn't yeah. be a fan
2: of them at all. It's no. all it takes is one guy to have a half spin and the whole thing's at a kilter. Like as long mm-hmm. as everyone runs to their time rate, it's fine. But anyways, and subsequently that happened. So we were fast in the first stage, I think he was fast in the second. The third stage then, I think, was one of the R2 guys or something. They were doing their first lap, we were coming down their second lap. Now price was held up as well. But the young boy, I think it was your boy Chris Wheeler, put the yoke on the hedge and blocked the stage. But you are able, we could round them anyways. But there was a bit of controversy there on the on the Thursday night because I don't know, price had lost time, we'd lost time, and there's all this sort of stuff going on. But anyways, Friday morning then we we're back at it again. Thing there wasn't much in it. And there was a stage on the Thursday night and we had beat him well on it, actually. It was a long stage um, mm. in the dark and we had took like 10 seconds out of him. I didn't know for whatever reason. And then it was it was going to be the third or fourth stage on the Friday. But anyways, there wasn't much between us. And then I got a puncture. I went wide on the left hander, caught a bit of gravel, got a puncture. Didn't lose that much time. Only dropped about 10 seconds, but it meant that we were back down. I think we were had a, we were ahead of him. Like, you know, we had to measure him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then the next stage was this one that we took the time out of him. And I was saying, to Arthur you know, if we can do the business now so that we don't have to race him the whole weekend, I said, if we beat him in this round for the second, I said, then it's ours to lose. I said, all we have to do is just cruise around, you know, we can keep ahead of the R2 guys, pick up mm-hmm. the points, win the championship. I said, we can do the business here now. I said, I'm, I said, we rattled him on this one last night. I said, we're going, I'm going to go for it in this one. I'm going to try and do the old Fisher trick,
1: uh-huh. try and
2: demoralize the opposition on the first stage, everything. But, anyways, it totally backfired, totally backfired on me. Going really well Like it was probably One of those things Where I was driving Really really well Through the stage But anyways It's that same You know the jumps That Vatman wrecked The black escort on mm-hmm. uh, the double That double jump yeah, We double are coming In the opposite yeah. direction You know fa- Fast corner Fifth or sixth gear Anyways And and there's a lot Of other tricky stuff That's that same Straight bit of the road Where from McRae Rolled the golf But F2 golf Coming mm-hmm. the other way The kick jump And yeah. a lot of guys Have wrecked along there It's claimed a lot of victims Including myself mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways <laughs> Over that crest Anyways car got out of sequence and the back left wheel caught the grass and put me into a tank slapper I tried to mm-hmm. fight as best I could and then clipped the bank and instead of trying to slow the car down I tried to go with the car and see what to, could get her back and try and get her back in phase but she just wouldn't come back and then clipped the bank and started rolling down the road and she actually slid on slid on the roof
1: mm-hmm. she actually
2: wore the, she wore the roof skin down onto the roll cage Her whole right there's a line across the roof, roof skin the car was wrecked British Championship in tatters, and then of course we were we were first car on the road, and Price landed. We had blocked the stage. Uh-huh. Then stages stopped, and it was one of them, loop stages as well. So there was a whole was complete chaos. But anyway,s uh-huh. so Price and a whole lot of marshals had to help us get the roll the car back on its wheels, sit on his roof. I'm sure, like Price is probably he probably was trying to stop himself from smiling. He's like, "I rub Price, his you're going,
0: and and then He's like, "The championship <laughs> there.
2: So. But anyway,s I got in. I had to reverse the reverse car in the road, but as. Whether pushed in over hundred meters to get into a gate, the first gateway, we could see, and I think there was only about two or three stages left, you know, to finish the first round of the, cha, the second last round uh-huh. of the championship. So Price obviously won it, but as we were going down, Price is actually pushing it, and I put I turned on the ignition, and you have to get the hydraulic system because it's paddle shift. Uh-huh. The car was in the sixth gear, so I put the clutch in. And I, as we were as we were rolling back, I realised, Jesus Christ, hold on a second. Now, there was no windscreen. No. The car wasn't bits. There wasn't a strip panel on the car. But I realised I had steering, I had brakes, I had gears. She was going down the box. Now, there's a lot of stuff broken. Uh-huh. I like, so then we got her swung uh-huh. into the field. Uh-huh. Her, uh-huh. me, and Ar- me and Arthur were like, Ice is Darth. Ice is, I said, we can fix this. You can't looked at me thinking, this, what's wrong? This la-. And I and tell you what, the exhaust actually, the exhaust got wrapped around the back axle. You couldn't even start the car because the exhaust was, was closed, you know? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
2: Price went all rolled off, and then he, and then you could see me. I started pulling the front bumpers off to see what much damage was done with the chassis bent or what.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And as he was driving past, I remember turning around and looking at his co-driver, Dale Furness, and Furness is like looking at me with a puzzled face. And
1: well,
2: I think he up start, there, uh-huh. yeah, he was thinking like. Is McKenna actually seriously thinking about trying to put fix this car or whatever? Uh-huh. So when he was DGM, by he's landed out, and I, I was on the phone to them already, and I said, "I think we can fix this car." And you had three hours, there was a three hours before you could start. They're starting again on the Friday night.
1: First
2: uh-huh. so thing we landed, pulled her in. First thing is the they will check the roll cages is all right. So Rob, Rob McDonald checked check the car, and uh-huh. well, although the, the the roll bar actually did get a wee bit of road rash on it, the, the yeah. main hoop. Rob says look there's not the sunny no, superficial. Mm-hmm. sunny superficial. so you know, I'm up enough for you to fix the car and uh-huh. so we tore into the car like I'm talking about there was the 4DGM guys we had a right contingent of air lads over there must have been 15 of us working was, we we're getting in the way of each other and then I'd also got friendly with Paul McCann I was over at the Manx rally Paul McCann he was like, th- like in fairness to Davy and Raymond Moore they had like spare everything they spare uh-huh. doors spare everything so we were putting everything in the car like uh, Paul McCam's going down to the organization see the spare door stickers and stuff like this a year. And it was unreal. Like, And me and Arthur, like Arthur was, he, you know, Arthur's an engineer by trade as well. Like, and he mm-hmm. was cutting and welding. And what the biggest problem I had was we had broke, but snapped the two front bolts in the, the front cross member. You know, mm-hmm. it obviously carries the whole engine and gearbox. And yeah. they had sheared off in the chassis leg. So basically, Marcus Dixon and... Muchie, David, Much Basically, had to spend the whole two and a half hour service trying to get these bolts out of the chassis because if we couldn't get that fixed, we were snookered. Like, I, no well, about the about rest it, of us so. were doing everything else. Like, you know, mm-hmm. plus we were going to night stage, so I had ripped the whole front of the car. So we basically had to make me and Arthur had to makeshift the makeshift lamp pod brackets out of like aluminium and screwed them onto the front bumper. So it was st- still mad. Like yeah. somehow or another, we'd done it. Like, like we had to replace all the glass and everything. We got the car fixed. Got it back up. Pa- and you had the car up at a park firm at a certain time uh-huh. and we got in and we made it by the skin of our teeth and went half an hour then they try and like, recuperate like, so at Did this you time you just, uh-huh. I just had the one of the biggest accidents of my life and I was still in the in the chance of winning the British title here but, uh-huh. and the car wasn't right like you know we went into that first loop of stages and the, but I don't even think we had time to track the car or anything so she was handling like a pig like, so uh-huh. went into the first stage and sort of, price completely cleaned us and then the second stage it was just I think it was more just mind over matter like I just said like, I'm not gonna let this, team, yeah, right? I'm not gonna let this get away from me. And the second stage, then we end up having a midland time. Like you know, I think we had the had the international guys, but the the local national guys were out in WRC cars. They were faster than us, but we are faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was had a real cracking time. Anyways, and beat Price fairly well. Now he was still in the lead. I think because we had a bad stage in the first stage, but Anyways, showed that it wasn't going to go away.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't
2: know if the pressure got to him on the third stage. Then it's that same stage where Vattenen touches the bridge and uh, the Manta? coming in oh, the yeah, opposite yeah. direction. Uh-huh. And it's real, real fast coming through that section. And then you're slowing down. You come to that town with the left and right, at the stagger crossroads, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, we not a town, it's a wee village. We just have there's a, yeah. chica- yeah. a chicane before it, and there's mm-hmm. a wee lay-by. And Price must have come in too hot, and he couldn't get her stopped. And he, he made an attempt to go to the bridge, but there's a big, massive kerb on the outside of by And he clobbered the rear left wheel off the kerb okay. and put the back left wheel in. On the and he got to the end of the stage, but he, he was out of the rally. Right, he, he, more or less out of the rally. Now, we, he was able to, that was the last stage to go back in the service, but the, he dropped a load of time. Was so he had to crab the car out? We took you. like a minute out of him, you know, we were on his bumper, come over the back left wheel is under, so he was able to stay in the rally, I think. Or he may have had the uh-huh. super rally, but that stage, like Jesus Christ, with a full day's rally to do, and it was their championship to lose. So, uh-huh. so somehow me, seven hours, kept it together. Like, you know, Arthur's in out all the fuel calculations, he's adding 20 litres on just in case. <laughs> You know, we're carrying yeah, but, two spare wheels. We're carrying a load of spares. Yes. I didn't switch the car off the whole day in case it wouldn't start. start again, so, like okay. you know, you're sitting, So we're sitting in all the crows. I left the car running. You know, just in case. Yeah. Start uh, of the stage. You know, you got the stage is delayed. Maybe uh, fifteen minutes. I just sat I didn't Probably wasn't good for the turbo, but I didn't care. Yeah. I just because I wasn't driving. We were not really just driving around, like. And. um, yeah, we done it <laughs> <laughs> on the British Championship.
0: There
2: you are. And Eamon, Eamon once again danced on the roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usual story. Yeah. So, the crack was 90 yeah. in Isle of Man. So That's we had a good celebration sure. that night. Aye. And uh, yeah, Emotion, yeah, the was up on the roof. Didn't matter. Say, the roof was already... Yeah, gone yeah. <laughs> so there we were. I think uh, the third, uh, third ever Irish-British champion, like, you know... Uh-huh. Uh, Billy Coleman, mm-hmm. Cronin, mm-hmm. one of the few yeah, times in yeah. ourselves. Yeah. I think That'd Arthur. Be. Well, there's a there's a few Irish. Irish,
0: Irish. Uh-huh. Yeah, they mm. can. As you say, you're naming that trophy again. Mm. You know, if you look at the list of names, you know, has been on that trophy, it's a real That's, role of yeah. honour too, isn't it? You know, so. But this then only led you to. You had to go on to the next level, really. Then at that stage.
2: Well, this is where we're in a conundrum then, because <clears throat> like we had a really good year, got as much out of it as good, like. I remember Art McCarrick and a few of these guys in the out in twenty fifteen and they said even when it came to us with the Billy Coleman, like you know, he always I don't think there's any other person, certainly in Irish motorsport, that would have got as much out of what they had as me, like uh-huh. you well, know, so whatever it was, like again. if there was a one more percent to get out of it, I got it. You know, it's I don't know but that's the way he thought of it. I mean, I didn't think of it like that, but when he put it to me, uh-huh. you know, like Art McCarrick said that I was probably the best value for money that Motorsport Ireland ever had, like but <laughs> You know, fifty yes. grand won. Uh, you know, a police sorry driver shootout and a British title. You know, uh-huh. and we had them two pennies rub together. If you know what I mean, like. Yes. Uh-huh. Not trying to take away from anybody. You know, no, sure. No, the guys won the Billy Coleman and. Of course did. Yeah. Keith Cronin's won multiple championships and everything else, but uh-huh. I don't know. I suppose just from the, from the point of view that we were at, where I was having the ground selling tickets for sixteen weekends in a row, which uh-huh. wasn't easy. Uh-huh. Um, you know. And raising and the motorsport fraternity, we raised 33 grand, like you know, and then obviously sponsors came on board and stuff. In
0: twenty
2: fourteen were in the conundrum, like we're we we're stuck in stalemate, we we're the British uh-huh. Rally champions, but we hadn't the money to do anything with our fives or shells. And uh-huh. the next natural progression, then, which was part of my plan, was to go to the JWRC, like, you know, for uh-huh. 2015. But yes. the money that was involved was crazy, like. anyways. Last age, yeah, really? yeah it's, it's mental, like, you wouldn't believe uh-huh. it. If I start going through the figures now, you wouldn't believe it. Uh-huh. But anyways, we sat down and had a meeting in December. So we'd done this homecoming. We actually had a civic reception in monon Town where the uh-huh. monon County Council actually funded this civic reception.
1: Uh-huh.
2: A lot of people came from all over the country, like, you know, to me and Arthur's, you know, uh-huh. uh, sort of, homecoming, we were very Yeah, uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. we are very humble by it, but yeah. The one thing that happened that night was we were sitting beside one of the local councillors and he could see what was happening. And obviously, there was a buzz, it was all over the radio, and there was no, there's a lot of talk on it in local. Mm -hmm. And he was, and at the same time, Monaghan County Council were trying to do this new tourism thing. And there was a thing with the RSA happening, safe drivers, those or winners, and all this stuff. So you seen them that started doing these things. Mm-hmm. And it was this guy started thinking about Paul McNally, was his name, Councillor McNally. And he started thinking, geez, you know, maybe something. He was, he was asking me what happens now. and at this point, I was like, nothing. I says, unfortunately, with where Alien is, nothing's going to happen. I says, that's the end of the road for me. And he couldn't mm-hmm. understand this. Like, and he ended up having a meeting with me afterwards. And he says, I've had a meeting with the other councillors, and we think we might be able to do something for you. Like, you know, I didn't know what we were talking about. Yeah. But, anyways, and then when I meet, so it Transpired, they're interested in funding us to do something like it wasn't astronomical astronomical money, but it was a lot mm-hmm. of money. Don't get yeah. me wrong. And um, and the caveat was I had to go to a lot of these civic functions with the car, go to school events, do these yeah. talks. I ended up now that I we started now, in, uh, Stephen Wright and, and uh, Shane McGuire a couple of the local young Irish uh, modern mm-hmm. drivers got involved, going into the secondary schools every year to the transition year students yeah. and you know it's all about road safety and stuff it's a great awesome. scheme like That's it all awesome, sort of yeah. uh-huh. born out of this and you bring the car along you're trying to say to these guys look you don't have to go out racing cars on the road and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. you can go to a controlled environment join your motor club start marshalling get involved navigating all this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. it's all controlled environment a safe, safe, safe atmosphere it's a great initiative anyways yes. so they this guy had seen this sort of thing and then we had a meeting with a couple of our sponsors and stuff, and then we got a, a team together. So at this time, Prelly was gone. Um, you know, the Prelly funding obviously you had to run Michelin, so I had rang Matthew Corby. He says, The only anything you do for me he says, what can I do for you? He says, You have to run Michelin. <laughs> I was like, fortunately, <laughs> 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 he says, Look at if there's anything you can help with, I will, but you know, my hands are tied here, so that mm-hmm. was grand. And uh, yeah, so when there was, we sat down, there was a team of us, you know. Uh, uh, the list is too long now. I can start naming names. I'm conscious uh, of the time because this is probably going way over time. Sorry, Kevin. But 90%. um, but anyways, it's um we sat down and what we said was we'd rather regret trying something than regret not trying at all. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a complete wing on a prayer job, we decided mm-hmm. my family, me now wife Ashley, mm-hmm. with Andrew back on the fray. That time Andrew come back from Australia. Uh Andrew was mad to go at it. Um and we had got a couple of local businessmen to sort of fund me buying a car. Not mm-hmm. local businessmen, there was I can name some of these guys. There was Martin Brady, there was Barry McKenna, but also then, you know, uh, Ian Gunning from Gusclad oh, and Kieran Feeling, yeah. Kieran Feeling, mm-hmm. you know, from Automation Technology, you know, FAC or whatever. Way uh-huh, you mean, yeah, mm-hmm. These guys, you know, the likes of Conor McCrossen up in KES and Porter yeah. Duffy and Kevin Glynn, Silver, you know, that, uh, uh, Silver, um, Silver, Hill, oh not Silver, Hill development, Silver uh, Strand Silver Strand Developments You know they yeah. had the R5s and, uh-huh. stuff with yeah. that case. Mm-hmm. and then you had uh McElvaney Motors uh, You know Maguire Kevin Barrett Eamon Boland A lot of these guys Got behind me mm-hmm. uh, Aiden Hart Hart Pete monon You know and I couldn't believe it Like these guys are willing To take a chance on me You know to If you are going like From buys maybe you, Sponsoring you Maybe two tyres Or a set of tyres At a rally Or mm-hmm. 500 or 1000 These buys are putting in Big bucks Like in yes. comparison Because that's what it took so was the whole thing started come together. They obviously the dates released and Monte Carlo was the first one on the list, and then there was a massive gap. So you had seven mm-hmm. events. I think you picked you had to enter six events and okay. there's your best five scores out of six. Mm-hmm. Using the Citroen DS3, I was a max, you had, mm-hmm. to, had the max kit on the car was in the same thing So obviously And then also I was getting back I'm From Citroen So being So for if you, if you had won Your sort of National Championship I was the BRC representative yes. Citroen funded So like the entry fees Were covered Like the entry mm-hmm. fees Like for a JWRC rounds Like four grand This mm. is the money You're talking with. It was silly uh, The fuel You had to use the same fuel As the WRC cars used That was seven euro Fifty a litre Like You know yeah. Mad stuff. Like, you you no, you it all, to, yeah, no, it was all yeah. monopolised You couldn't. Uh-huh. It was all controlled. Like it was just mad. Uh-huh. You couldn't even buy your own. You uh-huh. couldn't even buy the Michelin tire. You had to buy the Michelin tire through Michelin directly in France because they were all barcoded so to, to eliminate cheating and stuff. Yes, it was, it was extortion. Yeah. It was uh-huh. Extortion <laughs> Anonymous. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so well, the only man we could think of was uh, Damon Connolly done, uh-huh. uh Monte Carlo with uh, Akan son in 05 uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. And he had done it, and he was <laughs> obviously we knew him. So we've got Damien Conley on board, and then Gary McLinney and Damien used to compete together in navigations. Mm-hmm. So he needed a driver, so we needed a national crew. And then Damien, I was sitting with Robert Barbell, who got involved with uh, CA1 Sport, which is Martin Wilkinson. Uh, Wilkinson, Martin Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and Martin obviously used to be Colin McCrea's number one mechanic in and other drivers' number one mechanics in, uh-huh. in M Sport before he went out on his own. Been to Monte Carlo multiple times, knew how it worked, knew about the studded tires. So, Damien says, like, no disrespect to anybody, to any of your own team or, or Davy Gray or any, but none of these, no one had done Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo was never rounded the championship. Uh-huh. Damien was 100% right. You need someone that's experienced, you can't be going. But the way we looked at it was, nobody's experienced there. So, we have as much a chance, apart from the local French drivers, we have as good a chance out there as anybody. Because if you go to Portugal and Finland and Sardinia and all these oh, ones, we've yeah, done them rounds multiple yeah. times. So I was like, if we go there and get a good result, then there was a massive gap. We didn't have to do, I don't know what, we'll do Portugal. And the way you gap it out, you know, you could gap new nearly two or three months in between each event and gather mm-hmm. up the money as you yes. went. That's the, the whole, so whole thing was planned out in the December, the whole, uh-huh. the whole year, providing everything went well. It's the same thing again. Uh-huh. But anyways. It was a, like a wing and a prayer job, anyways. Bought a car at Davy Greer, had to buy the bay to Max kid out to France. Bobby built the car again. Fine job done with the car. Mm-hmm. Done a bit of testing, everything seemed to grant. Then sent the car over to Martin Wilkinson. All this Raymond Moore then got involved as well. So Raymond supported us at the same time. Price was doing the championship, so mm-hmm. Raymond had done a deal with us. So Adrian McElmanney had given us his, his big motorsport trailer to take with us, sponsored yes. it to us for the year. And Raymond basically packed out. So he was instead of us having the bear, me and Price went out to Price his bears Raymond went to the rally. And De- Dean Rafferty Ended up He won the Billy Coleman Award He ended up doing a few rallies so, uh-huh. so Raymond was really Running the spares For three cars So rather than us Being out the money Of stocking the trucks ourselves Raymond agreed to come out People Run out, out of the, the back them. Of our lorry Yes yeah. he, he ran out of the back Of our lorry And he basically Ran the parts department For the three guys Out of the, the back of the lorry It worked well actually But yeah. like, you know for Raymond so to do that, that idea, to, yeah. You know for Raymond To do that Was unbelievable Like you know yeah. And that's why I owe so much to Raymond too And Johnny Like Raymond wasn't able To go to all events But Johnny came out To the events with us And uh-huh. you know and like there's some carrying to them cars, like you know, yeah. at the rate we were going through stuff. Like, so I suppose maybe it was a worthwhile venture for Raymond too. You know, he was trying to get his business off the ground. And mm-hmm. but anyway, he was only for him, it never would have worked. Yes. So I can't believe all these people are coming around us, but I suppose they could see that we had a chance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he was landed to Monte Carlo. Now we didn't have Raymond on board the same, but Raymond sent us with spares. But unfortunately, the money was that tight with no spare gearbox, with no spare damp, you know, we we're going out, right. and it was very much hope for the best sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So the first thing was so we got Eamon bowling as well. So fa- fly into Nice, they do the sign on in Nice, which is down in. Sorry, yeah, you flew into Nice and you drive to Monaco uh-huh. and do the sign on like on, on the main street. You know, the Formula One races like oh, and, yes. in uh-huh. the in the Royal in the Automobile Club de Monaco. You know, yes. sign uh-huh. on in there, and then of course you had to turn around then and drive three hours up into the French Alps because although it's the Monte Carlo Rally, there's nothing. The car, yeah. mm-hmm. So like, what we didn't realize at the time was you can't pick up a rented car in Nice with studded tyres because you're in the south of France where it's the sunshine and you're on the you're on the French southern French Riviera yes. so we were driving up in a our, in our rented uh, Hertz Eamon Bowling car and no studded tyres into the French Alps like, two mm-hmm. rented cars one for us and one for Damien and Gary and we didn't get too far into the wrecking into the wrecking. sure next thing we're slid into a drain under the first bit of snow in the wrecking, she couldn't get up there were snow mm-hmm. tyres but they weren't studded into the first drain ended up uh, Derek Brannigan and Weavy ended up pulling, you know, they were doing the gravel notes for Meek. Uh-huh. They ended up pulling us out there in this, I don't know what, it was an Evo 9. Uh-huh. I'll tell you how bad it was, you couldn't even stand up on it. We ended up, uh, it was a 52 kilometer stage, I remember it well, like, and this is just a complete alien. Like, and we're in a summer tired uh, Reynolds uh, McGann or something trying right. to do recce. Yeah. And there's Weavy and Derek Brannigan trying to do notes for Meek, like, you know, the gravel notes for Meek. You know they're oh, obviously doing their own reconnaissance sort of thing, you know? uh-huh. and here they are having to pull out the two paddies out of the drain, like it's just <laughs> it was like what are we doing here? Uh-huh. And then literally he just told us out. Derek, uh Weavey had moved on about hundred meters, and like uh-huh. I couldn't even get going. The next thing the car old traction all. Next thing straight into the drain again. I had to reverse back down, and then he basically had the nurses out at the end of the stage. And this stage we were on the phone, so so Gary McElhinney and Damien had to drive down to some garage, end up getting two. I don't know how they have done it. Like, typical Irishman got two steel rims that would fit around and began, bought two studded tyres for us. It's like something you'd see in, uh, in anyone navigation or a chase yeah. or something. Yeah. Or that. Anyways, and got them bolted on and we got around the recce, like, but sure it was... The recce was Monday, all day Monday, all day Tuesday. And then you finished the last... I think you'd done the last stage on the Wednesday morning. Uh-huh. And then you are on the shakedown Wednesday night. Yeah, you are on the shakedown Wednesday night. This is up in Gap, At like.
1: uh-huh.
2: this stage... So Martin Milton landed the car Got us through scrutiny And so we wouldn't have had a clue How to do any of that stuff You know Only from yeah. Martin Like you know We wouldn't know How to put a car So the car wasn't really It was ready for like International race But it wasn't ready for Like a WRC race And mm-hmm. like, we didn't even realise That there was trackers And everything involved He knew that all would be sitting he you know? that set up And uh, we learned it all For ourselves Anyways But So was Went and done the shakedown And Wednesday night And it was wet It wasn't snowy It was wet But I still hadn't driven still the tyres at the stage yes. And we knew there was going to be snow Like And um, so we done, done one run on the soft slicks, got a run on them, and then uh, even though it wasn't snowy, I put on a set of... I didn't even put on the studded tires. That was stupid. I put on the snow tires just to see what the felt like. Uh-huh. And you're going out the road. You're going out the road on the dry tar, and the car is just like, I don't know, it's like driving a tractor, like the feeling. Oh, you know, right, like, there's the no just, feeling. The car, like just, float, the car uh-huh. just floats on the road, and I was like, this is this is, this is silly. How can you drive on an these? Like, uh-huh. And the is just literally just... Like, um, when you put the studs on, it's even worse. Like, literally, uh-huh. you're just, it's like probably. Like, probably if you imagine like ice skating or something or trying if you're like the like Bambi on ice, like trying to drive on dry tarmac, you know, smooth tar with studded tires. Yes, they're not the proper Sweden spec tires, I must say, like this is just the tarmac tire with a little three millispool, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Switch, yeah. But like they're still working. Hey. So this dude's in we've done three runs and shake down was all really you're and and he was... I yeah. just didn't know what they were doing, to be honest with you. Ah. And you had yeah, then go drive back down on the on Thursday morning, drive the whole way back down to Monaco, do the ceremony and start. And drive back out of Monaco, the three hours back up the road. But what happened was we went over the ramp in the front of the Casino Square, and then out the road, and there's a up the motorway. Then you know over towards Nice, an and up the motorway before you go into the mountains. And there's a Lurry lorry went on fire in the tunnel on the opposite side of the, on the there's a toll road, you know. Okay. And the whole thing was complete another chaos. Like all like the WRC guys were caught up in it. Like the top like OJ, all these guys were caught up in it. They end up having to open a piece of the barrier, put everyone to the other side. So that'd bigs basically make like four lanes of traffic, you know, going to the tunnel, because one side yes. the tunnel was poured out and the toll there people are going through having to go through the toll bridges and everything in the wrong direction. It was just total and complete and utter chaos. Uh-huh. The roadbooks now like you, you imagine the roadbooks are set to the kilometers and everything. Uh, yes. your, whole kilometer, your whole kilometre your whole trips were out, everything was wrong. Like so you talk about a job and it pitch black and you in the French Alps on the Thursday uh-huh. night, like and it's freezing. It's like minus ten. Oh. And next thing, you'll eventually land up, and there was cars, like, we end up starting, the Car 26, like, a WRC Fiesta was a car in front of us, so we were running Car 50-something, and there's ways who should have been ahead of us, or run behind us. Uh So nobody knew what was going on with the times.
1: Uh
2: And actually, so Damien and Gary had done the the ice notes, full Uh snow, full snow, they said. Yeah. Full snow and ice. You yep. uh-huh. have so Damien was on the phone to Andrew, and they're writing out the notes. Martin Wilkins says, "Yeah, full ice conditions I said, I never even drove in studs. Yeah. I must tell you another story. Actually, before we landed to the east. I said to Gary McIlhenny, "We're getting off the the airport bus." And I says, "The Gary, what's the story with driving these yokes on the opposite side of the road?" And Gary's jaw dropped on the floor. I'd never drove a car outside of Ireland or England. Like, I'd never driven on the opposite side. Of the road. I drove left hand drive, <laughs> and Gary's like, "Are you fucking free?" we're going to do a WRC event you've never been living a car on the wrong side of the road like I didn't know what to do with roundabouts you know what I mean <laughs> I used to go up the roundabouts trying to go left <laughs> you had to go right oh my god we took a job getting out of the airport I swear to god I, I don't know how we have done it <laughs> but anyways <laughs> into the first stage like we hadn't even time to set the tyre pressures like yeah. go to the, the wheels on there's just wee service mm-hmm. the, time, the, the time controls are all over the place like which mm-hmm. sort of which is a lot of the reason as to why the whole times end up we end up making a total mess up with the times after the first stage but at this stage like martin wilson was sort of saying like you forget about t- seeing these conditions forget about times all them. it mm-hmm. is survival all you need is get through it mm-hmm. and he was i'll tell you what i've yeah. done had, had just about enough time because you know when you're doing international timing you can't like wait at the control you know you can't clock in later anyway. right. You know, you're. It's, you're you have to be on time, and your on your time set for the day. So your time from stage start to stage start. It's not like Irish Rallying where oh, yes. you get your finish time and you add on the, the road uh, section. So like
0: second, here, yeah. I mean.
2: So it's complicated enough as it is, and then the whole thing's out of sync. So anyways, I got time to do tire pressure in front. So we we're going at the, uh, the front tire pressure set. There's only about three three miles from where we put the wheels on. To the one. So there we weren't, but like there was like forty psi in them, but I dropped them down to twenty. And the rears were went. I didn't have time to do the rears. On. So we have to go with go up to the start of stage. Set off in the snow and it's, it's that stage, actually. Loeb was doing it that year, yeah. uh, 2015, and he set the fastest time. Remember, he came down the stage and he was saying, oh, completely stopped. Waste of mm-hmm. time. Never. And then turned out he was like 20-something seconds quicker than Oje. And he's uh-huh. like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And there's life in the old dog. yet, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. If you watched that in-car, that's what we had to drive in. Yeah. You should watch it. Like, it's just, uh-huh. you wouldn't believe it. Like. But anyways, set off and he was unsure. This is my first time ever driving in solid tyres, by the way. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, would lucky enough with with the good notes, like with uh-huh. the note system, fairly really well down, and the notes are perfect. And Andrew was on the ball, had, everything was Damien knew what he's doing, you see. And yes. Andrew and him are working really well, and everything was 100%. They had this, they had a system like you know, where the color depends. And Andrew would say red, red, yellow, or whatever different color. And it, yes, once I heard red, yeah, come off. But anyways, what uh-huh. I realized was once you touch the throttle, especially that max engine, the car was just washing out, okay. you, know, you couldn't, you had no traction, no steer, no nothing. Like, it was just even with the studs. I was like, so this just is not working. We came to the first hairpin and you just couldn't because, like, with them with the anti la- lag coming on, you see the car just spin up the wheels and you just oh, no yeah. control of it. Uh-huh. So, I just said, This isn't working. I just turned off, I just put the car back in the road mode. I said, okay. This is a waste of time. Thanks. And it was probably the best thing I ever done. Like, next thing we started catching cars, we were just driving up the road, like, you're you only have you're no booting cars, you only have like 40 percent throttle, like, but you're okay. just, I was even too Can't much, it? yeah. Uh-huh. And we were driving, like, I don't know how, why it came to me to do this, like, but we started coming up behind the other JWRC. Like, we p- caught and past the WRC Fiesta. He was sliding, he was up the road and up the bank and ha- ha- baiting off the barriers. Uh-huh. Started catching and passing some of the French boys. You buy Johan Russell was doing it and Quentin Gilbert. These boys come up the hairpins. I could see, like, there's crowds everywhere. Like, it's just uh-huh. the place and the, the hairpins Herpins is like daylight. And I could see these boys like, just sitting spinning. And we're just going up past them, like, you know. We must have caught in past five or six cars. Like, and We didn't know was It just reminded me of an eight navigation. Yes. <laughs> you have up, like, up a field in an eight navigation. Pure chaos. And next thing, came to this series of hairpins at the end of the stage. And of course, I was getting a wee bit over-exuberant on the hambrake, train that carry as much speed as I could. And the back uh-huh. end has got away. Ended up getting into a half spin and jammed the car between a cliff face and a, a barrier. Uh-huh. Had to do like, forward four back, four and back, three or four yeah. times. lost about 15 seconds, I'd say. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't know that, actually. Come out to the end of the stage, got the time anyways, and... Sure, straight away. The like said, right, you need to go. go, go. Uh-huh. Next thing you're meeting, you have to meet Damien and Gary then to give you the, the gravel Makes notes, sense. the ice notes for the next one. And then I had said that Martin Wilson was at the end of the stage in furnace Room, and I said, I didn't get doing the tire pressure. We've done the tire pressure then. I said, Do we need to switch them or not? He goes, No, he looked at the studs, they're all there 100%. Next stage is the same conditions. We didn't check times, you didn't have time. We didn't yeah. know. What was Plus, you come to the end of the stages, they write all the times on the board, you see, but you're even the WRC guys rolled out a sequence, oh, you know, uh, like, so like, Valla, three like three or yeah, like, Valo wasn't even running that far in front, it wasn't the stage of turned you know, that sort of way because they, they, they got delayed different times, mm-hmm. it was just madness. Like, 100%. so you couldn't even tell where you were, anyways. Ah. And he was done in the second stage, was there two stages that night? And then, oh, sorry, I started land up the start of the next stage, anyways. And next thing, Andrew had done the tank card up and deck checked everything with Damien. The next thing. The Boys that we had finished, you know, they were supposed to go ahead of us anyways. You no, know, the car twenty six, the WRC fiesta, mm-hmm. they, they, these boys went in ahead of us again. And I said, Andrew, there's a boy with the fiesta. And he says, Oh, I don't know what's going on. So they were on the, the time goes from the stage starts. So even though you catch and pass from the stage, this still go ahead yeah, of you then, and start yeah. next stage. And then we're sitting for five minutes. And I said, Why are you boys? Like, these boys are way into stage then. And I said, Why are they going to stage? And I was like, What the fuck's going on? I couldn't figure it out and I said, It's not something about the timing. And he oh, geez, and I remember then. He goes, Oh, go, 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 go. So he raced up to the start, and we were like 14 minutes late, we're nearly OTL. Like we didn't even realise. Just a complete Another disaster. Then mm-hmm. we realized we made a complete balls of it. Mm-hmm. Done that stage, anyways. And then at the start of that stage, it was dry, it was it was wet tarmac. Like so you're on the studs so it was a bit of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But you'll come out of the first couple of hairpants before you get onto the proper snow. But I remember um it was real severe on the on the dry shafts and on the gearbox and everything. It might have, and now he's going it. But as we go through that stage. It was that was complete carnage well. There was yokes off the road everywhere. Again, yeah. as soon as I got the snow, I just put it in road mode and we were catching and passing cars and down. Yeah. Came out to the end anyways. And this stage we knew we made a booby with the times, so but we had no idea how much penalty. And there there's yeah. just two stages and back in the gap that night. The next thing I think Andrew pulled out the phone, checked the results. And then he realized that we'd set the fastest time in the JWRC, like, by, I don't know how much faster we were. And we had a 15-second spin. Yeah. Like, it turned out, if you if hadn't had the spin, I think we would have been in the top 15, hey? Like, Jeez. Breen was only a couple of seconds ahead of us, and he was in the 5-2-8, oh, 05 05. like. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, man, I was absolutely devastated, because I just yeah. thought this, like, we were nowhere, you know? Uh-huh. And then it turned out, even with the problems we're having, we're still second fastest on the second stage. Uh-huh. So... Without the time penalty, we would have been leading the JWRC after first
0: two
2: stages, and then mm. the realization hit us then as to how much time penalty. So we were carrying two minutes and forty seconds. The time penalty is in. Okay, and two to stay. Mm-hmm. but sure the car was fine. Like sure, we're basically on two stages in road mode. So the car. Uh. But I did I did notice that the the gearbox and the dry shafts on the dry tarmac were taking a severe hammering. Like you know. Uh-huh. And then on this on the first stage on the Friday morning, same thing again. We sort of had to figure out what was going on. Andrew knew it was going on at the timing, but I was like a bull. Like, like, you know, you can imagine the amount of effort we put in, like uh, being ready to speak that night. Like I, I was not very good now with him, to be honest. But anyways, yes. got through it. Andrew says, like, if we he says, I don't know what's going on. He says, Well, we've obviously got the knack for this, and a lot of the stage is going to be snow and ice. He says, If we carry on the way we're going here at the time That's and the mistakes, bike, we, can, we can pull it back, like and the bike's going to drop out. So I says, Right. Out in the first stage, fastest again in the first stage. Same thing again, driving around the studs and in road mode. I think, I think the other guys just cut, didn't figure out just to turn off stage mode. Uh-huh. Honestly, that's what it was. there was fighting with the car constantly, and we were just driving like, like a road car. Uh-huh. That's what it was. Hey, and it's just simple common I just, sense. You know? uh-huh. Well, you thought it was the thing was common yeah. sense, yeah. Uh- <laughs> I don't know if it was, um, what was I going to say then? Yeah, but yeah. there was a section then who... I went from first gear to second gear out of a, out of a. Herping snow and ice, and there was a patch of uh, tarmac. and As I went to pull from your short shift all the time to try and get the talk of the engine to get yeah. away out of the sh- slow corner, mm-hmm. but I was uh, the wheels were spinning up this here. And I distinctly remembered just as I pulled second gear on the paddle, hit a, the wheels, hit a patch of wet tar, and the, and the gripped just yeah. as I was pulling the gear and she went dog to dog in second gear and she damaged the box and I said under Andrew I said i not to bring something to the box and like I had done a full season in them cars and never one ounce of trouble with them gear. Mm-hmm. and three of my gearbox are like bulletproof but anyways mm. and we got to the end of the stage and everyone's fine we we're still fast time the guy I just said I made a comment to him on he was and when we got to the stage Gary and Damon were giving under notes and Damon Gary was asking me well what do you think uh, he says you're the fastest in there again. Like he said, Gary just couldn't believe this. Like you know, was like, he didn't even, he never drove on the opposite of the road on Monday morning, and now, you're, now here you are. Right? Or Sunday morning, and now we're here, you know, setting up WR, JWRC times. Like. And like, wait, I think we're seven. So in one stage we jumped to fifth, and then, but then the next stage, then the gearbox started giving trouble. We lost fifth gear or something, right. and I knew. I told Gary at the thing. I says, I think it done harm to the box, and I knew we didn't have a spare. And I said, "Ring into Martin, see what can be done." But we didn't know was everything sealed. If you don't have your spare gearbox in the street near and,
0: oh,
2: right. uh, and, and sealed, with the FIA tag, yeah. yeah, like your, mm-hmm. I don't know who it was, like Port Duffy was going to send for Citroen to send me out a new brand new box, you know, ten grand box, I was just trying to try keep us in the rally, but you couldn't. There was no point because it no. wasn't in, in the rules, and uh oh, so it was devastating. Yeah. And the problem was we carried on. They got back in the service and drained the oil. The gear oil was full of full of gunk, like and. Like Martin says, look, you have to look at this. The way we were looking at it was, we were actually still able to set Midland times. You no, know, and I was uh-huh. like, if we can get to the end and get even in the, anywhere in the top 10, you're getting points, like, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll come out with something. That's the way I was looking at it. Yeah. Like, Holding's lost, but we'll try and keep the car on the road. Just drive around the road. Mode. Like, we were literally going around uh, the road sections in six gear, like, around and tra- like, I was we looking at the windows when we are coming to the junction so that we wouldn't have to stop and just, just, just to yeah. stop the gear change. Like, you know, this is the way your brain starts. You're in survival mode. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, got to the Friday night and I think we we're still six in the JWRC, there's still people behind us even oh. we'd lost fourth gear then, so we'd forced second third and sixth so we lost fourth and fifth, so we were doing Monte Carlo in four gears and then it was, Martin says Daniel, the problem you have here is you're in the French Alps if a, a piece of the gear breaks and locks up the whole gearbox, he says, and you slide up and you lose control of the car and you slide off he says, you're, you're dead man
0: yeah, don't know. Safe, the, yeah, no, yeah,
2: you, know, <laughs> you you're, you're out of control of the car. He says the wheels just lock up dead. You know, he says this is what you're fear. So, the, and then you know we're no, look, like, we're going backwards and it was just devastating. We had to pull out of the rally, and we went, went to the FIOC and everything. What meeting with the see The is anything we could do to bend the rules or anything else? We take a time penalty just to keep us in the rally or whatever. And he said yeah. he couldn't. Like you can't. It's black. So that was it. We had to pack up and go. My disaster. But like we're oh, still so yeah. experience. Oh and it's set faster things. Like they yeah. probably go there in folklore that we're set fast a time. But anyways,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we've
2: done, we done enough to prove to people to give us a chance and Portugal. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Portugal. started out well, but uh um Again, got caught up behind slower cars in front of us, and uh, they were having bother. We were actually having a good run, and I'd mm. seen how rough the stages were getting. And I was, same thing this is common sense because the cars got the ticket Like mm-hmm. a lot of these young lads, you see, they probably don't have like where I was. They don't have the mechanicals. I was like twenty eight at the stage. so I had a bit more nonce. like a lot, a lot of these lads are, no 19, you know, nineteen twenty. They're just flat. You know uh, they were the same
0: as what you were. You know, a lot, lot of times, the fastest their, drivers they, probably yes. actually
2: don't win them championships. In, uh, in all honesty, like because maybe sometimes the, there's a uh, bit of a flaw in the system. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Anyways, um, when they were getting caught, it was actually a lady, uh, French lady driver who was doing the championship, but she had uh, lost gears or something as well. I think she broke the gearbox casing. And it's the same thing. We had caught her on the stage before, but, but, but it was a national time. And the only way we could get ahead of her was she had to take a penalty. So Rando went up and asked him, you know, we're catching you. We were stuck in your dust. And I was just I was red missed decision. We were always stuck behind them on the stage. We lost. So we, uh, unbeknownst to us, actually, with the guys dropping out, I think we'd actually momentarily moved into the lead after the first stage of the service on the Friday, okay. we didn't even know it. And then we'd actually lost a lot of time with this last year. Or maybe Jill Bear was the lead and I can't remember. But anyways, the fifth stage then stuck behind us, or maybe it was the sixth stage, I don't know what it was, uh-huh. caught her again. Like we didn't, we had said on based on safety ground. So the marshal actually gave us, based on safety ground, she actually gave us four minutes to start of the stage. But she was right. still at her caught. Oh. She only had like one gear or something. She was stuck on third gear. Right. And uh, she wouldn't, she wouldn't go behind us. But her, it was no, it would have been the same story. But mm-hmm. anyway, I was cut up behind her. But the problem was the dust was that bad; you couldn't even get close enough. She probably couldn't see, like she probably knew that we were on to catch There was the language barrier yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And then I couldn't get close enough to her. And at that stage, then I had started zoning out. It wasn't a to notes. Next mm-hmm. thing, no one would think, was coming down this mountain in Portugal, like somewhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the dust was like you couldn't wall, see. Was, you, yeah, couldn't, I mean. you couldn't see the bonnet clips, like you know. The yeah. next thing, the dust disappeared. Oh. And instead, and all of sitting in front of me was a concrete wall and a and a pillar. Oh, yeah. And I just dropped, wasn't listening. It was a square right? Yeah. I wasn't listening. To Andrew, Andrew said, "You're the yeah. red miss, You weren't listening." Andrew said, "You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me." And next thing, we're off yeah. and put mm-hmm. the. I got I tried to fling around and put the front right wheel into the concrete culvert and broke all in shade. But anyways, we got got it fixed up and got a super rallied and went uh-huh. out and I don't know. We finished fifth or sixth, but sure at that yeah. stage, all hope was getting lost. But anyways, the guys. Rallied around us again to give us a shot in Finland. The, the chance was, the hope was that we could try and have a go with Finland and maybe turn some heads. Like you know, mm-hmm. Tom Walsh was along with us at this stage. Tom was a big, big supporter of ours. He was obviously a Billy Coleman coordinator, but mm-hmm. uh, Tom had obviously had, had experience with Billy Coleman and different guys, uh, helping out different guys over the years. Sean Gallagher and these guys, you know, and mm-hmm. he knew what needed to be done. So we got Tom involved to step in. You know, with all the for the FIA side of things. So you know, Tom had been FIA delegate at multiple rallies because he was a was Tom the C.O.C. for LA Ireland? Actually, yeah. So that's yeah. why he knew the lingo, yeah. and he had agreed to come out with us. Fair play to him. So he entered us for Portugal and Finland. But Tom was saying, like, you see the likes of Malcolm Wilson. He says Tom's really fond of Malcolm Wilson. He says if he sees someone that can go to Finland and set the times, you know, he'd nearly see, he'd he'd nearly take that more as a guy who'd won the JWRC Championship. Like he'd give a guy a chance that way. Like you know, that's what you have to think. Mm-hmm. Just so we went with to Finland with that in mindset, and like. In fairness, we're on to Chris Meek and Paul Nagel and Derek Branning, and these guys they give us in cars and recce DVDs and stuff. we have doing mm-hmm. an awful lot of work on the notes. We realized that our, we're too much detail in our notes for the speed you're going at then with the, with the stages, so I had to simplify the notes and landed out to Finland again. Everything was going great. I were didn't have a great shakedown, the car wasn't going great, but again, Sharky with his setup genius, he was able to get, you know, because i never experienced this before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I explained to him what was happening and ended up. Open out the rebound, like and Meek had said this. He says like you know, it's just because the, the the car wants to leave the leave the ground all the time, so you have to open out the rebound. Train you want the dampers to follow the road, like you know. Um, but the thing about Finland, is you see, it, it suits British and Irish drivers because it's all crests. And we already have the crest built. Like a lot of the uh, continental drivers don't have to deal with crests in Spain so and France smooth, and Belgium. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they don't, and this is where they struggle for the first couple of years because they don't have the crest built into their notes, you know, left over crest, right over crest, and having yeah. the line. Like a lot of times you have to be turning the car before And that's what Finland's all about. We already have that built into our note system, you see. So that's why yeah. we can be instantly fast. Like, you yeah. know, Cronin and Fisher and Breen and all will tell you that. So mm-hmm. the Irish guys always go well in Finland yeah. because we have the crests built into our system. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, that's just a bit of nerdy stuff for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyways, we were going well straight away. I think we are second fastest in the first stage behind you by uh, Henry Kapomaki or something, a real a hot shoe from Finland. Mm. And going well, two or three stages in. And then in the hunt, anyway, I think it was being we were maybe third overall. Uh, Gilbert was second. He had done the rally four or five times at this stage. And Hapomacki was in the lead. He was in the league of his own. And, um. We were well ahead of the rest of the crew, like, you know, the rest of the gang of boys. And uh, then went to that on stage, obviously, the big stage everyone talks mm-hmm. about. But anyways, you've got hairpin, you know, the, where Breen rolled the S2000 car in oh, yes. the, uh-huh. the, the hairpin. But just after that, then you have, there's a real, real, really fast section after that. Um, but the year we done it, that, well, it's still there now. They made a man-made jump. basically cut a corner out to make it like a spectator zone. and okay. put a big man-made jump, a real unnatural jump, like it was, far too steep like and you come down to crossroads and it's the narrow section out to the end of the stage. But anyways, that fast section, I came in too fast and couldn't get the car slowed up. So I had to go out onto the loose you note know, when you're on them rallies, it's all about being on the lane. That's what you hear mm-hmm. once you go off the lane it's just like pure marbles. But lost mm-hmm. the car on the brake and she got all crossed up hit the jump fully locked to the left and all you know usually you have to and then big jumps, you have to bounce the car off the... You know, nose them off. The, you know, keep the front of them in the air. Uh-huh, you know yeah, I mean? like, uh-huh. yeah like nosing them into the ground. I didn't get doing that. And the, not only did the car land crossways, but you landed nose nice. first. And what I had, what I thought had happened was it, it burst earlier, like cracked earlier. First of all, I started getting water pressure uh, up on the oh, dash, lost uh-huh. water pressure. Put in the stage, uh, road mode, and crawled out of the stage. And if we had, like, chemical metal stuff. We would stuff to fix the car. Like, you know, you have to bring a fairly... Comprehensive spares package in comparison to the
0: mm-hmm. BRC,
2: where it's like sprint events, really, in comparison. So, you bring a lot of spares with you and tools and stuff. And uh, I was keep an eye on the temperature, was sitting around 100 degrees, like, you know. And Andrew was calling out the notes and I said, like, if we just get down the stage and stay, you know, to get a fix And you know, that's what I was thinking, just thinking all the time, we're we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll keeping the rally. But unbeknownst to me, what happened was it actually broke the whole bottom plastic shroud off the radiator completely mm-hmm. right. and immediately dumped all the water. And the temperature gauge was reading the ambient temperature of the air. In, you know, in the engine,
1: the uh, there's
2: no water in the engine at all. So it was a hundred degree air temperature in the engine, and I and I was still saying water pressure. But the, the reason why I was saying water pressure was because there's no water at all. I just uh-huh. thought it was losing water, and uh-huh. we still, the engine was still fine. So the time we got to the stage stop car, the engine cut out, and sure, it was completely cooked. with completely completely cooked the engine. Like, and we actually, we still, we got towed back in and Bobby made an attempt to see what he could do with it because obviously he can't change the engine, but the engine was complete. We've got a borescope. we've got a of a borescope of Arca. Uh-huh. Like Sunan, Sunan, was actually doing the rally that time, but he wasn't doing the JWRC. And uh-huh. now he was well ahead of us now in fairness. Nobody can say we are matching, him. we weren't matching. Yeah. Him. He was he was in a different freaking league now in fairness. But then at the same time, you end up wrecking the car, you know, but uh-huh. he proved the speed. That wasn't. That's the whole point of saying Victor. Uh-huh. He proved the speed. He was in a DS3, an R3, same car as us. Uh-huh. And he proved the speed. And yeah. then he got the opportunity with, with, uh, with, with Wilson. I what started opening up the
0: doors for him. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, that's how it started. You see the mm-hmm. the finish guys back him, the back the fast guys. Like it doesn't yes. matter if if he crashes, if he's got the speed, you can if he can yeah. drive at 11 tenths, you can take him back to 10 tenths. That's yeah, they so used so it there weird.
0: earlier it's Not always the guy that wins the championship. It's you mm-hmm. know doesn't always the fastest driver. Yet, so. Yeah. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and Wilson always had a knack for that. I think you know for finding the un, unknown guy who had the speed because obviously first of all he's going to be cheap,
1: mm-hmm. and secondly.
2: Secondly, then, uh, you know, you could uh, mold them the way you wanted to because to be, you know, you'd obviously be grateful for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, he probably hasn't done as well in latter years with that system. But yeah, yeah, definitely works sometimes. But Mm
1: -hmm, but
2: anyways, that was it. We're we're out of Finland. uh, Engine was a stride. So The dream was finished at that stage. We can't say we didn't try. <laughs> yeah. By okay. it was painful. It was very, very, very painful. Like, and then what I realised as well, there was no enjoyment in it. Like, it was, right. it was co- still called motorsport, but it then at that stage, as Tom Walsh says it's a cut through business. Like, yes, you know, being in WRC, it's not really a sport at that stage; it's a cut through business, and yeah, it's a um, different world. Like, um, mm-hmm. but I suppose that's where I ended up going to the next phase of our journey. Was I had my eyes open then uh, mm-hmm. so maybe a potential job in the place you know yeah and i had the contacts so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i uh, you,
0: you, you know you stepped away from competing well you still done a few bits and pieces uh with dgm the gt86 and the r5 right. and one thing and all but, but as you said the love from of sitting in the car competing had kind of gone at that stage hadn't it and you got an opportunity yeah to it's M4. just
2: you're, you're having to take it that seriously uh, yeah the crack was going <clears throat> out of it like a says, you know mm-hmm. so uh We'd done the stuff with Brendan, and actually, I'd said to Brendan, look at myself and Ashley. we always wanted to go travelling. Like We were actually on our way to Australia in 2011 that time, and uh, mm-hmm. when there was a couple of lads left my father uh, to go to Australia, and he asked us to come back out of England, which we did to help him out with the business, and I suppose if I hadn't done that, I never would have got doing what I'd done, but mm-hmm. um, we always had that grow to go travelling, we planning to travel our way to Australia, trying to try and get mm-hmm.
1: you new know,
2: jobs out there, because... There was nothing happening here. We were yeah. supposed to sit here in Ireland with degrees and could yeah. not get work for love nor money. But anyways, um, so I always had that grow. And like in fairness, Ashley had <laughs> put up with me for three or four years of like, yeah. where, you know, everything was devoted to rallying, like, you know, where it was it was intense. Like,
1: uh-huh. So
2: then uh, we'd recognize this opportunity to try maybe where you could work, earn money and travel, like, you know, mm-hmm. and we had the contacts then in M-Sports, so... But Brendan, we'd done the GTA, so Brendan said, "Like, would you interest in doing the champ?" I said, "Well, I would be. Yeah, like at the end of the day, that GT eighty six was the, was the only it's the only probably was and is the only free seat mm-hmm. uh, in in Irish rallying at the time, and uh, I was lucky enough to have it, and I was I wasn't gonna give it up for anything, yeah. like you know. But but when it came to maybe moving on to another stage of lives, uh, so basically got an interview over in M Sport uh, through Tom Walsh and with Wilson no lot, and we got we offered jobs, so. And I knew the twenty seventeen scars were coming as well. And I was sort of excited about that um from an engineering point of view and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh sure, Jesus Christ, we couldn't have attend it any better, to no. be told. Uh-huh. Uh, I ended up being on the test team actually, because I have a truck license and stuff. So ah, that was very useful yes. to M Sport. So that mm-hmm. was the main reason why I got the job, because it's very hard to get truck drivers yeah. that actually want it, that will actually go and do a bit of, you know, manual labour away from it. Like they just want to drive trucks. Uh-huh. So you're not a truck driver at all. Like you know, you're 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 a mechanic with a truck license, truck driver's license, you know. But yes. It's very hard to get men to want to do the same thing, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why they always struggled. So once I had the truck license, they were interested immediately, no matter about anything else. So but yeah, I went on to the test team. So the first half of the year was just doing the pre-event testing. I think mm-hmm. it was Otzberg and Eric Camille was the first year. Okay. But then uh Tannik was also doing it, you see, with the D team. Mm-hmm. Um an and Elphin that year was he'd been back down to the R5. So but like it was still some education, like watching them mm-hmm. by test like the, the the work that went into it, you know, that whole year. And then obviously Tannock was starting to show speed and
1: mm-hmm. Wilson
2: was gonna give him a chance. But Wilson had looked to her, look at uh, had decided that he was gonna give the you know, he'd been sick of being like he hadn't won a rally since twenty twelve, and he, he was sick sick of being the braids made for so many years. So he said, right. I want, we're going to make a proper attempt at this new generation okay, of the car mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to build the car in Tanac and I didn't know if he had the second, so from like the June time, the car was already in the pipeline, but so I, I was, you know, I was heavily involved, not heavily involved, but I was there to help out and everything else, but
1: uh-huh.
2: so for that that 2017 car, like that was some experience, like, you know, I was away for, we were away in, I was away in the truck in Europe on the test truck for, uh, for 62 days at one stage where we'd done like, we'd done France, Spain, sweden poland back to france and uh, maybe a few more t- uh, you know yeah. done tests all over yeah. that was basically you're basically testing the car to destruction you know uh-huh. this was the r and development of the car before the car went for homologation like yes the homologation process probably started in november but
1: mm-hmm. you
2: needed to be sure that what what you were going to holiday was going to be what you wanted for wanted, the next yeah. season uh-huh. for the next couple of years nearly. yes so some some experience to go through it like
1: uh-huh.
2: and then sure at the end of that year then everything's going great it looked like a uh, Tannic was going to get the drive, Elf was going to get the drive, I don't know who's going to mm-hmm. be the tour driver, but whatever. And the next thing, the Volkswagen scandal happened. Mm-hmm. And was coming yeah. on the market then. Like, yeah. And sure, the rumours started flying around. But, um, but I'll never forget, if, uh, it's obviously Volkswagen pulled out, so OG needed mm-hmm. a seat. And there was all these rumours going around. But sure, we ended up, the car was fairly well sorted at this stage. So I think had tested the Toyota the week before, up mm-hmm. in Monte Carlo somewhere, and they weren't ready for me, see. <clears throat> but we were. And we went down to Walters Arena and done done two days testing in Walters Arena with Tannic. So of got the whole car set up perfectly. Like and then uh-huh. uh we put an awful lot of effort in, like, you know, the whole all the top engineers come down for the whole two or three days. OG come out then for the day, Og and Grassi. Like, uh-huh. and immediately you could just tell the difference. The professional like it was just different level, like different level. Like and I was talking about different level we were used to. Yeah, you know, Tanic and all these boys, like and them boys are uh-huh. you know what they're at. Yes. and Gracia. tell you the secret of I said this. If you the secret to that whole team is in Gracia. right? You know, he is like Oje is obviously doing the driving, he's probably uh-huh. the driving, but see the organisation and the level of detail that that man goes into, like, you know, mm-hmm. immediately, like, them boys were already thinking about, like, they have, like, uh, they have, uh, uh, Gracie wants more controls on the footrest. you know, so that, like, for instance, like and so that he can turn off anti-lag, so, like, if oh. they stole a the car or anything out like there, Oji doesn't have to he can, worry about, it. He, yeah. you know, anti-lag's off, start yeah. the car, and, like, back on, gone, you know, stuff like that there. Uh-huh. It's unreal level of detail, like, and they hadn't even signed on, this is just no. saying, if, if we were to come here, this is yeah, what has to happen, like. Uh-huh. So, anyways, they were suitably impressed by the car, and then we were already up in Sweden doing winter testing, you know, where you had to check all the components we were doing in Sweden. This is, like, in December, like, minus 16, up way up in the middle of way uh-huh. up in Cal up in the middle of Sweden I some experience up there uh-huh. it's so, it's so mad when you're up there but yeah. we're up there like for a four day test I think we had a day with Elf and a day with OJ, a day with Tanik
1: uh-huh. or maybe
2: two days with Tanik and then um then the work came through OG signed the deal uh-huh. and then he flew straight up so he done I think he'd done two days with us then so he was so like that was he was uh-huh. the, the same driver There's only about 12 of us out of this test and we here we were with OJ up in the middle of Sweden uh-huh. like, and Nobody else in the world even knew this stage that we no, had, and uh, <laughs> here we were testing with the what was he that time, the five-time world the champion. World champion. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. then I got moved on to the events. Me and Ashley, then because Ashley was she was working in the engineers' office. You know, as a sort of a an assistant to the one of the engineer, top engineers, okay. and then she'll go to the events and do help with the. Uh, hospitality side of things mm-hmm. And then the following year Then she ended up getting Looking after the driver So if the hosp- You have the front house And the back house Where you look after The drivers and the staff So mm-hmm. she ended up Her role was looking after All the drivers You know when they come in uh, Doing all the whatever food and stuff they wanted and organise okay. stuff for them you know? yes. now, they would have they have, the, they have the guy called Mick the Chef he does all of their meals and all that stuff and does all their nutrition and all that kind of stuff and looks after them mm-hmm. but Ashton was anything they'd want you know Ashton would be there to look after them and stuff
1: mm-hmm. and
2: then I was working on the team so we'd drive to the events do this, do the setup of the service park and then I was working on the R5 cars you know but it
0: mm-hmm. was unreal
2: like you know to start into the 2017 championship and you're I think it was 1-2 was in the first rally and mm-hmm. obviously it was first rally win for M Sport in a long time and Oh, mm-hmm. uh, some time in, like for us there, oh, like you
0: know, from, Yeah, just like
2: one, the two years he was there, we were there. Like and he won the, we yeah. won everything was won the first year the manufacturers and the drivers. Uh-huh. I guess for GB then.
0: that year, like Elton won, the, yeah, Elton won the rally. Uh, uh Tannock well, then crossed the line. He won the manufacturers championship. Yeah, he the third, Yeah, he overall. And then, then, uh, then OJ had to finish remember. to win the. Won he drivers. won the drivers, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That was oh, Jesus. That some was party very stuff, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it was brilliant, yeah. You know, yeah. And it was surreal to be part of it, like you know, it was uh-huh. really surreal. And uh-huh. it just to be working with the likes of the caliber of the people, like it was un- unbelievable. Uh-huh. Like you know, when you look back on it, yeah. um, and then obviously you went know, on the next year, uh-huh. um, what the tonic move on at that stage, did he? Yeah,
0: he went to the Ota, didn't he? Yeah, he
2: right. got have he got a went to the Ota, then yeah, so uh-huh. then it was uh, Oj, Elfin, uh-huh. Ocean, uh-huh. Elfin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the manufacture was a bit more difficult that year, but TANIC or Ojo was still in the world of his own, or class of his own, like, but mm-hmm. uh was oh, was serious like, I could yeah. tell stories all night about some mm-hmm. of the stuff, like... But as you say, the um, wee things
0: like that, you know, like the buttons and the, the you know, and the footrest, you know, that just mm-hmm. shows the level of them guys is that, that they're thinking the way ahead, like that. Was oh, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm.
2: Ojo, oh, like, even, like, the... Uh, Wilson, I heard Wilson saying it a few times, like, the of different days he had, like, through the doors in the place, like, all, multiple champions and mm-hmm. everything else, and he just said, OG oh, is different level, different mm-hmm. level, like, you know, mm-hmm. best he ever seen by a long shot, like, mm-hmm. you know, and you now there's all these rumors now about Loeb coming in, but I don't know if Loeb will go into the detail, and, like, mm-hmm. them boys came to the workshop then, after we came back from that Sweden, that's they spent three or four days in the workshop, you never see any of the rest of the guys yep. do that, like, mm-hmm. and they went through the whole car, you know, yes. They had pulled out the whole front dampers, whole front corners. That didn't, like, remember that time in Torquay? I know we ended up putting the car after all, road, but they, like, they got the car repaired and still set the fastest time and yeah. in Turkey in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: true, true.
2: And that's yeah. you know to get the mm-hmm. to get, that, to get that stuff back together and it all bent. Like that stuff's made to be you know, precise, millimeter perfect stuff. Like, uh-huh. you can't get the bolts in if it's not straight. But mm-hmm. they managed to do it. But yeah. uh-huh. they, they spent two or three days just like stripping and rebuilding cars, like with the guys in the workshop. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Like, there's no no one else doing that. No,
0: like you know, you know, everybody says a bit low. But like the, the fact that OG has done it in different makes of cars mm. and done it, you know, and cars that probably shouldn't have been doing it. Like M Sport, their budget was probably a fraction of what Toyota, oh, yeah. high end and engagement spend, wasn't it? You
2: know, oh geez, I must I have a story now, I must tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we went to Monte Carlo that time, and I was here, you're watching the ceremony the start before they went into that forced edges on the screen and stuff in uh-huh. the service area and gap, and then like the boys, like, I wasn't involved in the building of the cars, I was involved in the test team, so I knew the ins and out to the WRC, but there was guys there who had, like, basically worked morning, noon and night for about a full month, you know, to get them cars finished. Like, uh-huh. um, you know, you had Irish guys there, like Adam Platt was there, he was running Elphins' car.
1: Uh-huh.
2: There's another guy called Shane Gaisley from Tipperary, he was at M Sport for a couple of years, He's, he does a bit of work, Tom Gahan now. Um, and there's other guys, like great team of guys, like, you know, mm-hmm. you four sort of guys at the same East car, like, and, um, but like I remember, like these guys put blood, setting in tears t- into these cars, and like these cars that at that time when them cars were built, they were estimated supposedly worth about six hundred thousand euros, like a piece, like you know these cars. But anyways, OJ was sponsored by Richard Millet uh-huh. who the watchmaker. You see oh, all the yeah, yeah. One drivers. Uh-huh. So anyways, he had the contract. Anyways, that he had to wear the watch whenever he was on the ser- on the ramp stuff. So obviously, the Casino Royal Casino uh, uh-huh. in Monte Carlo. So it turned out then the watch that OG was wearing was worth three quarters of a million. <laughs> so it's actually worth more than the car. <laughs> so some of the guys were told, listen, they were disgusted. But spent a full month like working on this car to get OG out for the rally. He and then you'd earn a watch that was worth more, supposedly. I don't know if it's right or not. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just madness. Like. Yes. And he was done three years with M Sport and uh-huh. good good times, made great friends. South yeah. and Ashland got married in December there. Uh-huh. Or uh, December. in October 2018 yeah. got a bit homesick and we were back home in December 2018 and
0: uh-huh.
2: we're living up in Nunigal Town here now Yes, happy out
0: uh-huh. um, but there's a uh, there's a strong rumour about that you've been coming back <laughs> <Mike. laughs>
2: yeah well that's it I suppose I've got a wee bit of a drawback um, Andrew uh-huh. and Adrian Heatherton were doing the RSE in 2019 and a lot of the rallies based up around Carlisle, close to where I was and I was uh-huh. just so happy I was home for that week or whatever And Sorry. give them a hand You know But I remember uh, Up around some of the Scottish Up around Dumfries or Galloway, or Galloway Stages up there somewhere And we were doing the chase And you know That the summer rally That's unreal Like you know That RAC rally You know And BDS mm-hmm. But anyways You McCormick and Pritchard And uh, you know All the top boys Chilman And Adrian mm-hmm. was in the next They top five or six And yeah. uh, you're able to Be able to at the end of the stage And check them out Change tyres And then you're able to go And watch the stage And then Meet them then, But it was, it was dark on the, I don't know what night it was now, it must have been the Friday night, and you could hear them of the start line coming mm-hmm. in the dark, you know, like, it's just like back to the 70s and 80s, like the heyday, uh-huh. and like, I was just like, Jesus, this is the job, like, I, <laughs> I, I could have took my lo- left rallying at that age, like, you know, because uh-huh. we were sick looking at rally cars, to be honest with you, but uh-huh. like, uh, sorry, that was 2017. That was 2017, okay. yeah, 17. That was the first time i had done it. Uh-huh. And uh, I started sort of like that winter. Then I come home for Christmas and I stripped the, I stripped the escort. desk was laying in the shed, right. and she hadn't done. I'd rented out a few times to try and cover some of the bills that were uh-huh. to refi- to get the engine replaced in the Citroen before we sold it and stuff. Uh-huh. And gosh, that was ended up being a total handling there for a couple of years. But anyway,s um. So, like, on the strength of just that RSE, I stripped the car and then she so was sitting at the bare shell and then she sat down for another year before I got back to it again. And, but it was all because of the, I was like, that, that is the way to go. Like, now, just back uh-huh. to the escort, out for a bit of crack. Like, I don't want to be yes. taken seriously anymore.
1: Uh-huh.
2: But anyways, from, since that moment in 20, end 2017, end twenty seventeen, finally getting to the point now where, what's it, nearly four years later, with COVID, with COVID yes. and everything
1: else.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, she's not far away. And it so, mm-hmm. just so happened then that the the Donegal Harvest Rally, or if you want to call it the Harvest, whatever it's called this year, the mini stages or whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. is going to be in Donegal Town here. So, on the side of the mick, myself and Bobby, I'm putting, I'm putting Bobby Sharkey through. uh
0: a <laughs> <The> regular <ringer> again.
2: <laughs> Live in <living> hell. <laughs> As Bobby says, if this is your dream, I wouldn't like to see your nightmare. <laughs> Because <laughs> he says I can't stick this much longer, so <laughs> I have sharky tormented there the last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, we're going to give it a go. Um, still a lot of stuff has to happen. We've decided to put a couple of new gizmos on the car, mm-hmm. uh, with Moore, and we're trying out a new 3MO gearbox, and we're trying out a new um XAP electric actuator, and we're trying new brakes with Raymond Moore as well. New AP mm-hmm. brakes, uh, basically, our five Fiesta brakes are getting put on. Mm-hmm. and we're going to try to sell these Olin's dampers with Philip Case and stuff as well so mm-hmm. oh, a lot of development stuff which just it just means there's more headaches unfortunately mm-hmm. we're, we're in the final throes of it here now we have Kieran Rush wire in the car at the minute and we're mm-hmm. trying to get the uh, trying to get over lane but uh, the rally's in less than two weeks time and uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the, wire, no, the rally's just stay two weeks you should say now yes yes mm-hmm. Wire looms has to go into the <laughs> so, yeah,
0: yeah, but the, the sound of your career, you've never done the same things the simple way, eh? Have you ever? So <laughs> no,
2: no, and I promised myself I wouldn't do it that way. I promise it wouldn't it wouldn't be last minute. i just do it when the car is ready. But the way it was working out, the car was sitting up in Bobby's and then COVID came and there's no panic and money and everything else. But I just said if we don't pick a date or a, a, a goal, it'll just it'll never be done. It'll just be uh-huh. one of these things, it'll be there ten years later, and Shark can be saying, When are you gonna take this yukka my way? you know uh-huh. so
0: the rally's in your doorstep now, it's kind of... Yeah, just logistically and everything know. else, mm-hmm. uh, so
2: I haven't competed in six years, I haven't done a rally since the last car drove us the GT86, uh, mm-hmm. in Fastnet rally, uh, yeah, whenever everybody. that was then, 2015, mm-hmm. so I haven't competed, I drove, uh, uh, luckily I got the chance to drive a few cars over in M Sport just shaking them down and stuff when mm-hmm. they were stuck, <laughs> more than anything, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. i kept joking at the guys i'm actually i'm a fully a fully paid works driver with the uh, m sport now the only thing is i'm driving a mercedes Actros, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> not a wrc car but yeah. not too many ways to say it
0: yes are you really but, uh, <laughs> uh,
2: that's it that's yeah it. so yeah we're gonna train we're gonna try and for the harvest now and have a bit mm-hmm. of crack again just yeah. just to go back and have a bit of crack do, we'll only be able to do a few events a year like we were doing you know mm-hmm. i suppose we've been there and done that and Just want to try and have a bit of crack in the airport, you know. That's what it's all about now.
0: Yeah. So Daniel, to wrap it up, I suppose, like you know, yet the career you've had, like the amount of people that you've, you know, you spoke about there through the night, it's been, it's that rally community once again rallied around and took you, like to Monte Carlo, took you to, you know, the BRC. Unbelievable! You have some great people around you.
2: Yeah, look at the I know I, I don't know to list the names, but I know rightly I forget somebody and mm-hmm. I don't I guess the time the place start going through names individually. It's not like a, mm-hmm. But all I can do those people probably know who they are and you know there's still a lot of them are still helping us out now with this project. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, all I can say is, is thanks very much to them. Like I, we always had the dream, like and I suppose we um we gave it a shot. As I said, we'd rather regret trying it than not regretting than regret not trying at all, which mm-hmm. is what we've done. Yeah. Look, I think we've done as much as we could do what we had, and mm-hmm. I've no no regrets, no regrets. No. I, you know, I, I could be sitting here and saying I've plenty of regrets, which you know, was bad luck. You need good luck, and mm-hmm. but other, ultimately, we had with no regrets, and uh, you know, very you thankful, f- very thankful for the way it went.
0: Yeah, like there's not many other drivers sitting in your position that has won, you know, done national, you know, two times or whatever, you know, won the BRC, you know, set top times in Monte Carlo. Like that's, you know, it's, you know, if you look back and and take stock of it. What a career you have,
2: really. Yeah, I it I suppose that since since you sort of come up with the idea of doing this, uh, and you start going through your results and whatever, you probably too you, you don't take you take it for a bit for granted, like you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um but yeah, well, even the time and in and in M-Sport like you know I never even would have got that opportunity without uh, that as well you mm-hmm. know it's, it's amazing that's something that you know Ashlyn was involved with as well that's something that we can hopefully tell our grandchildren sure, in right. years to come that we're in, part to. of a world championship winning team And mm-hmm. but yeah I must say like internally grateful first and foremost to my family to Ashley and mm-hmm. the likes of Andrew and Arthur Cairns and uh, you know the, the other guys who, who navigated for me and, and the team around show sure a couple of special mentions I know I mentioned Bobby Sharkey a few times but mm-hmm. Fintan McGorman as well and, and Damien Hagen have been involved with us all through the years. Andy Mackerel as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, These guys, you know, they were sort of the backbone. They were there for us whenever we needed help, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then that Team Daniel thing that we sort of set up, you know, that was, there was an extended mm-hmm. the team there. Probably too many mm-hmm. people to mention. I mentioned a few of them all right, but mm-hmm. uh, just eternally grateful to them people. and um. Honestly, we wouldn't have got doing it without their support, because like, you, you you can't do it on your own, like you know. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. m- maybe if you're a multi-millionaire, but we're certainly <laughs> were not multi-millionaires. So
0: uh-huh. I must
2: say, these guys these guys made up for the millions that were missing and more and, and then some. So uh-huh. very, very and you probably wouldn't have the story if you had a millions
0: either, you know. Uh, so. <laughs> that's true,
2: yeah. That's true. Different stories, maybe. But maybe not yeah, as good. Not as good. <laughs> so yeah. Daniel, once again,
0: really appreciate you taking the time. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was a fantastic story. <laughs>
2: Thanks very much, Kevin. Keep up the good work. Mm -hmm.
1: Chat Chat to you soon.